three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, October 5th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better. It's the Big X. We're here until 6 o'clock today. Mike Rutherford in the studio. Trevor Kelsey behind the glass, as always, producing the absolute hell out of the show. He's got the AEW Wrestling Show shirt on. He's ready for tonight. It's Wednesday. We're feeling good. we got intern Patrick in the house today. He's rocking a Hannibal LaGrange. I don't even know what the hell that is. I have no idea what that's going on. It's a college, apparently, in Missouri. Shout out to Hannibal LaGrange. We love them. Okay, there, there you go. Uh, that's the school that accepted him? That's, that's the, it's the school where uh, they're, they're pursuing Patrick for a baseball scholarship, maybe. No, he says no. Uh, maybe they no. are. Who knows? I got uh, Hannibal Missouri. Okay, there's safety school. Sa- <laughs> Did you have a safety school? No, I didn't have a school. <laughs> uh, we're here from until six o'clock. I, I love Wednesday shows, especially during football season, because we get to get a little bit loose. The reactionary period's over. We're still all obviously all sad and ejected for the Boston College game, but there's only so much you can say now. Uh, we're not going to turn, I mean, hell, we may not even turn our attention to Virginia until like Friday at 545, but y- usually Wednesday is smack in the middle. You get a little bit loose. You have some off-the-beaten-path topics to get to. I, lo- I mean, it's not just us either. Sometimes I feel kind of bad that we do this. We let the text line or Trevor direct the conversation of the show, and it gets away from us a little bit. But like today, I take Virginia to school. I drop her off. When I'm coming home, I flip on Kentucky Roll Call, of course, first. Right here on 1450 The Big X, 7 to 9 every morning, so 9 to 11 as well. Uh, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, giving you the, the latest and greatest news in the world of Kentucky athletics. And they're talking about the, the, the Game of Thrones show, the new show. They're talking about like, the dagger that Arya used. Like, where was it for the last 150 years? They're getting into that. I flip it over to um, Nick Coffey. He's talking about moving into a new house and having beef with his new neighbors already. I flip it over to Nick's Diener. He's always had beef with his neighbors, hasn't he? I don't know. I, I have no idea. But yeah. I flip it over to Diener. They're talking about Kit Kat drumsticks. Uh, and I'm like, this is this is classic Wednesday during football season radio. This is what happens. It's not just us. It's everybody. A lot of topics. What do we talk about? What do we talk about? Is, well, you and I both come in here angry today. Like, I, I'm i dealing with the carpool well, lane. I, I was actually happy until I got in here and I found out the mouse doesn't work. And I'm like... I've got the carpool lane from the school. They, once again, I can't I can't go in the exit, which is where I, where I, the trick I usually do to avoid the traffic. There's a car coming out there, so I've got to go in the entrance. And then people are blocking me. Somebody's trying to get out that way. I've got to back all the way up. They're still blocking me. I like, roll my window down. She's like, just honk your horn at him. I'm like, you're the one who just back up five inches. I can go through you all. I'm like, I'm just trying to get to that blue building five feet away over there. I love how you just get 
constant road rage in the parking lot of your office. So we, the, 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 first of all, she's not looking at me. I finally roll my window down. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm just, I just need to get through to the parking lot right there. I, I do a radio show, and she's like, just honk your horn at him. I'm like, you just back up two feet. I'm well, done. Well, we t- I told you, you just gotta get here earlier, Mike. Well, yeah, I know. I know that's hard to do. Trust me, I, I, I relate to how hard that can be to do. But like I have to now, I know how I have to be out my door by by no later than two thirty because otherwise I'll get stopped by the sweet yet evil uh, traffic guard. You guys have quite the relationship. <laughs> I'm like, it's the longest lasting relationship you've had in a while. <laughs> like I feel like it's in the next like uh, like holiday. I'm just gonna give her like a box of candies or something that you get like you always get from the uh, the acquaintance from Walgreens. They just like taste like crap though. Yeah, well, no, they don't. They're not bad. But you guys have an up and down relationship. Yeah, it's a gift, do. but it's not a great gift. I mean, I'll eat the good ones out of it and give her the the, the nasty coconut ones. Cause, but, you know. So we come in here. We're getting ready for the show. Your mouse isn't working on the computer. You're slamming keyboards. You're getting upset. <laughs> I didn't slam. How's the mouse working now? Not much better, really. Not much better. Oh, trust me. There will be a complaint. If there's a suggestion box, the complaint card will go into oh, it. Before someone else would have to be in this office for us. <laughs> that death. We don't, who would we even leave it for? We're the only It'll people be here all reading week. it in a week, yeah. <laughs> it's just going to stay there for a week. It's annoying. I try to move the mouse and it won't move. It's not doing what it's told. That's, Bad mouse. It's kind of your one job, mouse. It, it literally has one job. Can't even do it. Just to follow orders. Uh, we have, again, we'll let you, we love Wednesdays letting the, the listeners, this is your show as well. We love when you direct the conversation. So hit us up on the Thornton Sykes line, 502-414-1450. If you have a topic idea, if you got a comment about something we're talking about, if you have a thought, if you just want to still rant about Scott Satterfield, whatever you want, we'll probably read it. This is the day to get those those questions in. Questions that we'll typically avoid or give you a... I don't know, generic PC answer on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We're going to give you the real story on Wednesday. It's what we do here. Have I ever given a PC answer to anything? Well, not you per se. Okay. <laughs> More me. But but you, yeah, you're just going to be you. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, sorry. Uh, I, I, I know you have to be a little, probably dragging a little bit this morning. Yeah, I had a, a rough had, night. You had a very long night partying, celebrating number 62. No, that was, uh, that you were, was, that you, was were you, you were out buying out hotels and doing champagne. And I was rocking a sh- screaming almost one-year-old to sleep with an ear infection. Arguing over whether your man just set the record or if he just set the AL record, he set the major league record. I sent you the screenshot of the text. ES- I'm, I'm, ESPN is begging to get this to be a debate, too, by the I way. Know, like, they I are. Mean, I mean, they're just, they're just begging people to start talking about it, and no one will. I, I don't know what you're listening to. Well, I, mean, I see no, a lot of people talking. Let about me rephrase that. No one, no one, no one honestly has to think that like he owns the actual record, right? Yeah, I, you'd be surprised. Like old school, like sports writers are very in. Some of them are very in, including some people I like. On the like, this is the real record now. I mean, let's not just uh, Bonds aside. Who's seventy two? Seventy two three. Yeah, sorry. But the sixty two is like not even second in the list. It's like fifth, seventh. Seventh, exactly. <laughs> My point. It's like you're, not, you're talking about him being over a guy who's 11 spots higher or 11 home runs higher when there's also multiple people. At, was it? I know seven, six spots maybe, but there's only what three people? Three people. It's Sosa McGuire and Bonds. Bonds, yeah. yeah. Six uh, combined. Sosa's on is, is above him three times. <laughs> three McGuire's times. above him twice. Yeah, Bond, Sosa had three. 62-plus home run seasons, never led the NL in home runs in any one of them. Because the th- last time we did it was the Bond 73 season. But so last night, I, you mentioned, like, John is, is flipping out. He's going nuts. And he, oh, bad night. I, he's never had a night. Like, like, usually he's, Virginia's a terrible sleeper. John, since he's gotten a little bit older, has been a fantastic sleeper. He's flipping out. He's losing it. He's, like, just he grabbing. He's just grabbing my face in the middle of the night. Just, just And while this is happening, my buddy Dylan, hitting coach for the Yankees, texts me. He's like, 
we just rented out the hotel bar. It's going to be a long night. And I'm like, we could not be living more different lives right now. I was like, talking I, the other day. I was closer to you than him. Trust you me. were. Yeah, I was in terms of our lives, yeah. Like, there are a lot of times where I feel kind of, like, not bad for him, but it, like, you give up a lot living the life. That, I was talking to him the other day. Like, he's seen his, he hasn't seen his, he's got three sons. He hasn't seen his wife or his kids since June. They went, they came to St. Louis for a series when they played the Cardinals. And, like, that was the last time. Like, so he, you know, they, they FaceTime, they do what they can. His parents actually they, moved. They didn't move to New York with him. No. They had just moved to Florida because um, he, you know, he's had like, Eight different jobs. I was going like to say, I was years. trying to remember where he could. Well, he was a triple A guy before. He was the Yankees minor league hitting like instructor, like for the overall like minor oh, league. Okay. So he so was based out of Florida before. Okay, this. so they didn't just put him in. Because that's where Cashman lives and that's where like the Yankees or, like headquarters is yeah. pretty much, even though it's not in New York. I was to say Columbus, but where, their triple A is not Columbus anymore. It is, I'm not sure. It's up in New York somewhere. But he wasn't, he, he was the, he was the, wasn't just triple A, he was the hitting coordinator for the entire well, minor yeah, league yeah, system. Yeah, so he, he moved, he went from city to city randomly. So the whole family moves down there to Florida. He gets the job with the Yankees and they decide not to move the family to New York. I mean, prices are outrageous and all this stuff. And so, like, his parents actually moved down <laughs> to Florida to help them. <laughs> you don't know if you're going to be there more than a year or not. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, Honestly, and they yeah. just got settled. It's not, you know, they, they felt good about raising their kids down there. So he very rarely sees his kids. And sometimes I'm like, man, that would suck. I don't know if I could do it. And then I got nights like last night where I've got <laughs> my infant son grabbing my chest, grabbing, like, like screaming at me in my face, and then Dylan being like, I'm the hitting coach who just coached Aaron Judge to 62 home runs, and we're about to drink our faces off until 3 in the morning and celebrate a victory on the second to last day of the regular season. I'm like, yeah, he's like, you're looking I, a better life than I am right now. I don't know right why now. I picture him being like Ryan from The Office. What do you mean? Just like partying nonstop up there right now. They're having a good time. Uh, this morning he was he was a little rough. He's like my son. He's like my uh, my head feels like your son's head right now. I'm like, That's <laughs> well done. But they he said that he said that the celebration wasn't quite as extreme as it was when they clinched the ALEs. He's like that one was a little bit more extreme. This was more of just like a like a celebration of Aaron and like you know people like spoke and gave toast. It wasn't just like party party party. You know they had they, they play at four o'clock today in Dallas, so they had you know. I think some regulars are going to sit. My best friend Weber is going to the game. Was like, is Judge even going to play? Is he going to go? That is the thing. Guys? So yeah. Weber was like texting our, our group. He's like, Dylan. He's like, if you sit Judge, I swear to God. He's like, he's like, let him at least play. I think they're probably going to sit him today. But I think they were just happy to have this over, like out, uh, you know, have it come to a good end. Now focus on the playoffs and get ready. So it was kind of a, it was a nice, I won't say muted celebration from what it sounded like, but it was a little bit more tempered than when they clinched the division. Probably been funner understand. if they were at home instead of all night party. Both, in of the, yeah, the AL one was can't the, match what, what would probably have been a New York party when they clinched the uh, the AL East. They were on the road too, so there was another like, hotel bar celebration type deal. But <laughs> we were living very different lives, as you might guess. But that, was, cool. that was nice. Be nice if you just happened to be like just some random like uh, you know. Death of a salesman, Biff type guy hanging out at the hotel, and then the New York Yankees are partying in the. Well, that's why they it. buy the whole, whole hotel bar, so you cannot do that. Oh. So it's shut down. It's just it's just them. Like, yeah. I'm David Wells. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't you recognize me, guys? I do a perfect game for you all back in 97, 98. He would be at the bar. Um, <laughs> I could pull up David Wells, couldn't I? Now, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he could be Nick Swisher. I may be. <laughs> Who's the smallest? Yeah, I could be Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Just forgot how to throw the ball to here, first. Here, watch. I'll throw the ball over my guy. <laughs> I'll throw the ball and hit a woman in the stands. You're too accurate. <laughs> By the way, if you remember that story, if I'm not mistaken, that was Keith Olbermann's mommy hit. I think that that's right, now that you say that. <laughs> I remember that, but I do. <laughs> One of the weirdest things in baseball history. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about today. So, first of all, I guess I'll let you start. How, how was your Tuesday night? What was going on in Kelsey Manor, nah. Greg, Greg Garden's house? <laughs> the house that Kelsey built. The house that Kelsey built. <laughs> we had not. There was no shame brought in the house of Kelsey last night. It was Good. A, 
It was your basic night. Uh, what did I watch last night? Oh, crap. I, watched, I know I watched some 70s show reruns. Of course. I don't remember if I watched a movie or not. Must not have been that good if I did. And um, we got the, I got some, what did I eat for dinner? Oh, I uh, had a, my aunt brought over a meatloaf and some uh, big potato. So I had that for dinner. Okay. So shout out to my Aunt Betty for dropping off some dinner. She loves me. So you didn't do, and this, this is a conversation that's going to, to make you mad already. I watched the Victor Wembanyama show last night. Victor Wembanyama versus Scoot Henderson. And. Oh, yeah. When you were texting me like. The, the, did you not know what I was talking about when I was texting you? I, at first, I was my response was Wimbo. Whatcha? Which I thought was a, which I thought was a reference to you when I brought him up on the on the show probably two months ago. I remember you, you saying you weren't going to like learn his name, and, and and clearly I didn't because I didn't. I had to Google it to figure out what you were talking about. <laughs> and I, I was like, I thought you were talking like salute your shorts, like can't Wim, Wimba Wamba, and that's, that's Anawana. That, that's what you were watching, maybe Victor Anawana. <laughs> so I well, you didn't put Victor when you sent the text. You sent I just the, put Wimanyana. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so I Googled it, and I saw it, and I guess that's, that's the guy that's projected to be the number one pick, the, the French guy, I believe. He is French. Um, okay. He plays – so he's, his team played against the G League Ignite team, which features Scoop, uh, Scoot Henderson, who apparently is going to be the number two pick. There's in, only in one Scoot draft. I recognize. The, you're going to recognize this Scoot. No. Because that guy is phenomenal. And they're talking about these two guys being, like, two of the best pro prospects in the last 20 years. And Wemignana – I had my doubts like you. I hadn't seen him play. I'm all in. Like, this guy is unbelievable. He's 7-4. He handles. He passes. He hits seven threes in the game. He barely dunks without leaving his feet. He finishes around the rim. He's got incredible. Like, like this is the type. He's he Porzingis, is, then. He's better than Porzingis. Porzingis he is was a, pretty projected high. He is a creative player. Like, he, this, I, when people say, like, I was not buying the hyperbole a little bit, like, Best player since LeBron. My buddy Ricky O'Donnell, who covers the draft, all he does is draft stuff. Draft, draft, draft. He watches college basketball from a draft perspective. He's like, this is the greatest pro prospect I've ever seen in my life. Can he like, handle an 82-game season? I believe so. I mean, that If there's one drawback. Because that that's what that's what ended up being Brzingis' Achilles heel. Because somebody was like, what's even the downside for this guy? Like, like, what's the, if you say this is what can keep him from being one of the greatest NBA players of all time, what's it going to be? He missed like a month last year for some like hamstring injury. Because he only weighs probably like 180 pounds. He weighs more than that. He's 7'4". I know. He looks frail, but he he's 7'4". He's 7'4". You can weigh 300 and look like 110 Exactly. Pounds. I understand, yeah. And he's stronger than, I think, like other guys that we've seen that have kind of had that frame. Like, he finishes through contact better than... Yeah, he 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 looks stronger. He's two hundred and ten pounds. I mean, you can call me a hater. I'm just, I'm just going to point out, though, and usually when you have guys of that size and structure through history and the ones that have been good and have flashes, every one of them always ends with, but then they got injured. And it, that that's the their, one thing. I mean, whether it be Samson or Yao Ming or or Przingis or uh, I mean, I could go on. Now Chet Holmgren out for his first year. <laughs> These guys didn't even play yet. He didn't get on the court yet. He blocked the It was worth it. It was. It's always and, and it's it's unfortunate because I you know guys like Samson Ming and Przingis are were, were fun to watch and I mean I guess one slight exception could be Durant but he also was I mean six nine six ten where. Posted seven, over seven feet. Yeah, this dude is. He said after the game, he's. They were talking about him being seven four yesterday during the broadcast. He said after the game, he said, "I'm seven three, which he looks. I mean, it's. I, I, I've I, just. I, I've never seen a guy that big do the things that he was doing last night. And then I went back and watched some highlights because I was so intrigued by this. And he, I mean, all of his highlights look the same. Now the other kid, Scoopa uh, Scoot. I can't I mean, keep calling him Scoot. No, we're calling him Scoop because there's only one Scoot in this. Well, station. this is the, this Scoot. I, I'm willing to call this guy Scoot. He is. 
also unbelievable. He had like 38 points last night. He went right at Wembenyana a couple of times, got the better of him early, got his ish thrown at the end of the game. But like I, I buy the people who are like, he's been with the G League Ignite now. This is his second year. And people are talking about like if if Victor Wembenyana did not exist, this guy would be the guy that we're talking about as like the best NBA draft prospect in like 10 years. And I buy, he looks like he's the real deal too. I don't know who gets the third pick this year, but you're going to see if, if you've got like five teams that are in contention for that top two pick, teams are going to tank the hell out of this season. Like teams will be tanking hard. Dudes are going to be missing layups because well, you still got the lottery system. You got the lottery system, but you want the best chance possible to get one or two. I think one or two, and who knows who who but shows when, out this year as a freshman in college basketball. Remember, they changed it though to like the first, the, the top like three or four teams all have the same odds now. Is that right? Yeah, they changed that this year. Whatever or, gets you the best right odds before this last draft. Whatever yeah. gets you the, gives you the best odds of getting up to one or two. Yeah, they all. You, you got to be in that spot because those two guys are. Like you said, barring injury or something unforeseen off the court, can't miss prospects. Like they looked, it was as entertaining a meaningless game as I've ever watched in my entire life. I, I turned it on, being like, okay, I just want to see this kid. Everybody's tweeting about this. I, I probably, I love basketball. I want to watch him play. And I was completely fixated the entire night. Like watched the entire game, watched till the last whistle. It was unreal. Those two guys, I'm all in. Totally bought in. I did watch some of the highlights when I went after I Google searched uh, uh, when beyond his name. I, uh, I did I did see a few highlights, but I mean I mean they were just your basic kind of highlights, nothing. I mean other than being seeing a seven foot guy do what he did, but kind of lost. I mean I've seen Porzingis do that, so he's not Porzingis. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. I mean, forget how awesome he was his first couple. He's of years great. This guy, if he stays healthy, he'll be MVP of the NBA in the next seven years. I mean, when I the, the, the clips I saw looked like just uh, Gian, a, Gian, a Giannis replica. Yeah, doing what he was that's doing the better with the strides in his, in his Euro step move. I mean, he's trying to, I think, deal his game. Keep in mind, the kid's 18 years old. I didn't see him taking any threes in this highlight. The highlight little highlight rule I watched. Seven. But, I mean, it doesn't mean he can or can't shoot it, but I mean, it's 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 a hard thing to stop, especially in today's NBA where defense is not allowed. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awfully awfully impressive, and the other kid was was fantastic too. His team actually, the G League night team, won the game. It was close late, but uh, I mean, he's. Terrific, too. It does also make me a little where bit sad. Scoot's, where's the where's Scoop from? Scoot is from, I couldn't tell you where he's from. So uh, he's, he's Europe. I'm assuming he's not American if he's playing the G League for the last two years. He's American. Um, he's Yeah, he, he, he came. He, he spent two years out of high school. He's from. So he did a Jeremy Tyler. He's from Marietta, Georgia. Yeah, he's 18 years old. He was a consensus five-star recruit. Originally a member of the 2021 class, he did the thing where he spent last year with the Ignite team, and now this is his like official first year out of high school yeah. season that he's spending. To be out. able to be eligible for drafting, yeah. So he's been there for for two years, and everybody's talking about how like last year he you know, was more of a score first guy, score first guy. He was passing the ball more last night. He, I mean, he looks the part. He, he was he, he was pretty tremendous. Both those guys, I think, are the real deal. Uh, again, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. Before we take some text, I've got a couple of hoops notes to get to. We didn't get to them yesterday. One is that I think I got a little clue about what the starting lineup is if the season started today on the men's basketball side. Ooh. We'll get to that. A couple couple of other notes. Kenny Payne is talking to some people. You got to pay for that access. I got the access. I'm going to tell you what he said. He's doing like a paywall to hear what he has to say. No, 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 no. He he, he talked to somebody whose work is is behind a paywall. So we can talk about that a little bit. We've heard very little about, you know, his, his thoughts on this team, his thoughts on the style of play. Besides like the videos that they put out, so we can talk about that, and then we can get to some text um, after that. Football-wise, I don't know what to do today when it comes to football stuff. 
I mean, has anything changed? I can't do another hour on Scott Satterfield looking like a, a sad puppy dog yesterday. I can't do another hour on Brian Brown Let me ask you not being Br- good at his job. Brian I, I can't do it again. Brian still employed at Louisville? He is. Then there's no reason to then talk about it. There's no reason it. to talk about it. Uh, the, the spread with Virginia has kind of fluctuated a little bit. It started at Louisville minus five. It went down to one and a half yesterday. It's now back up to Louisville minus three. I do think it was interesting. The, the simulation site, the guy, I think it's listener Leo, caller Leo, one of the only callers to ever get through on the show. Um, He's like the Mount Rushmore of callers. He is. There's only four. There's only four of them. Your dad's one. Uh, he he always sends in like the simulation site that he, he has access to, and he said for the first time today, the simulation site now is simulating the game with Brock Doman as Louisville's quarterback instead of Malik Cunningham. And Based on what I've heard, I think that's probably a safe assumption. I, I think I'll be surprised if Malik plays that. Based on what, what I know about Brock, that means Virginia's winning by big, maybe. I mean. Well, <laughs> I think that they – I ran the quick simulation that Virginia won the game 21-13. to 13. So that was – I was like, well, that sounds kind of about right. I would, would not be shocked at all if you tell me that's the final score. I'd be – I mean, you mean we only give up 21 points? Virginia's not scoring much. Neither, neither's anybody else, but it doesn't stop them from still putting up points on us. That's fair. I mean, BC, <laughs> BC at least put up points against Maine. I don't think Virginia's put up points against anybody. Woo-hoo, we're right there with Maine. We, it, <laughs> we kept it closer than Maine. Right oh, wow. But better than Maine. Suck it, Black We're Bears. definitely better than Maine. <laughs> uh, Virginia has, has not scored more than – their highest point total against an FBS opponent so far this year is 20, is 20 points. Okay, and that was, and that was the twenty-two twenty loss to Syracuse. They okay. scored thirty-four in their win over Richmond, thirty-four to seventeen. But their offense has been—I mean, th- they been, lost. It's been bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Robert and I went to the offensive coordinator, goes to Syracuse. Syracuse offense has been markedly better this year. Virginia brought back Brandon Armstrong, one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC last year, and their offense has been terrible. So, I mean, you think they would have just kept somebody who was like, you know, what that means ran the same system as the guy that left? This sounds a lot like the lead-in for last week's game. So this means Brandon yeah. Armstrong absolutely throwing for 340 yards and, and like four touchdowns this weekend. I wonder if we went back and listened to the, the, like last week's show talking about BC, if we could just take BC out and replace it with Virginia and no one would notice the breakdowns. Probably. Maybe we'd have to change the name of the Zay Flowers to whoever, who's Virginia's best. They, they don't have any guys above 6'3 receiver, do they? They don't have. They, they do, actually. Oh, no. Their best receiver, I think, is 6'5". Is, oh, no. He's a tall guy. It's the – they have um, – it's Keaton Thompson, who was the oh yeah played quarterback against us in the bowl game a few years yeah. ago for Mississippi State. He was there last year with them. Wasn't he, he was. Yeah. He. This is his uh, his, his last season of college football. Well, now they lost the tight end because they had a tight end that was like six eight. They did. He's gone. He's yeah. He uh, Woods. Wasn't it Jelani Woods? I think his name was. Sounds right. Yeah. Keaton Thompson is another guy who he's been playing college football since 2017. He he's Keenan and Kel. He is, <laughs> and he was the starting quarterback in that Mississippi State game bowl game because Garrett Trader, who we also faced this year, got punched in the face wow. by a teammate that week. I mean, you can't it tell all me comes that full circle. Both, that is just amazing, isn't it? Unreal. <laughs> we're playing against both guys, but it's, it's a different school. That's hilarious. Unbelievable. And we'll probably lose to both, but that's that's not that part's not as funny. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'll, I'll get to these hoops notes, and then we'll get to the Thornton Stacks line. It's a Wednesday. We're going to have some fun. Let's forget about how, what the football team's doing or not doing. Let's just have, let's, let's just put smiles on. Let's have a good time. We're here till 6 o'clock. We'll keep it rolling after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 
One more time. We got a theme today? We do. Okay, I didn't know if it was just, because I knew yesterday you were struggling a little bit, and then Loretta Lynn died, and you were not happy that Loretta Lynn died, but you were like, <laughs> okay, at least this makes it, my job a little bit easier. No, today is, um, I, I, it's a two-parter, it's all based in a year, but there's a twist to it. Okay. Not only they all from the same year, but there's they also, also share a similar uh, thinking. Okay, all right, interesting. All right, welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show. It's Duran Duran, by the way, in case you just wondering. I know Duran Duran. I'm doing, I mean. I know. Yeah, I know, I know. The first song was Motley Crue. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Let's talk. We spent so much time, I think, weeping about the UFL football team. Not a lot of men's basketball t- talk outside of losing DJ Wagner last week, it seemed like. That's the only time we've really gotten focused on, on men's basketball recently. I'm still holding. Come on, man. Some people still hold out hope. Hope is a good thing. Hope is a good thing. Yeah, don't don't. Maybe uh, the best. Of what have we said? Stop being Brooks and be more Andy. That was before the reports came out. That they're like they're going to Kentucky and they're not going to Louisville. Stop being Brooks <laughs> and be more. Why Andy. are you telling me this? You've been Brooks the last two days more than I have. No, I'm more like the punk kid who gets shot at the by the tower. Well, <laughs> either way, we're dying. So <laughs> we're all, we're both going to the same place, and it's, it's not where we want to be. I drop the TV, then you got me on assault. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Men's basketball. I thought this was interesting. So the I got access to the the Almanac, which is this new gigantic college basketball thing that Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, the guys over at the Three Men Weave, a bunch of college basketball gurus have put together. It's like 8 billion pages. They've got lengthy profiles on every team in college basketball, especially in the power conferences. They really, it's If you are a college basketball junkie, if you can't wait for these next 35 days um, to be counted down so we can get to some hoops, this is a great way to kill that time. The I'll go ahead and say like the the Louisville section is not overly optimistic about <laughs> Louisville's chances this year. So if the, if you were if your purchase is based on that, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Uh, spoiler alert: they're not predicting big things for the the cards this year. If that's your only reason for purchase, then I'm trying to think whose almanac would you buy to yeah to to, to uh, does Ramsey write anything <laughs> to drive that point home? There are 15 teams in the ACC in their ACC preseason power rankings. They have Louisville at number 13. So they, right, well, they, yeah, they think the U of L is better than two teams in this conference. That's that's so you got to start somewhere, right? But in their preview section, they did they talked to Kenny Payne for this, and like like I said before, when I was teasing this, Payne has not talked a whole lot publicly. He hasn't done a whole lot of you know interviews with print writers, with you know TV people. He's done the he he went to a a church for that interview like a month and a half ago, and then he did the thing with John Calipari uh, at that uh, Chamber of Commerce event. But besides that, like he, we haven't heard a whole lot about like his thoughts on this team, especially now since they've started full time practice. He did all that this small stuff. sit down with Tom Lane won it or something, or he did like the rounds before they they kind of got into the summer with a, a bunch of news that had all the kind of pre print questions. Exactly, on them. Yeah, it was I mean. very very bland. But this one, I thought the interesting thing about this interview is because he said mostly kind of bland, straightforward, like we're working hard, I feel good about the roster type things yeah. when he's talked publicly in this interview like he openly talks about not having a bunch of guards and playmakers he's like he's like we recognize what we have to how we have to play because we don't have the number of guards and playmakers you need to play a specific way um he talks about how guys like he mentioned specifically Kamari Lands and Jalen Withers are going to have to be guys that they have to help initiate the offense it can't just be LLs bringing the ball up and setting the offense himself sometimes those guys are going to have to step up he's like I don't think those guys have to be point guards, but they have to be able to make plays and handle the balls at all times. Uh, I, I thought Jalen Withers being a guy that he pointed out and that was a little bit interesting because 
Withers last year, we saw him just sitting his ass in the corner and not knowing what to do in the offense. Now he's going to be handling the ball and initiating the the, the offense in some half court sets. Uh, that was interesting. The other thing is, especially when he, when he dribbled the ball last year, I, it was a very nervous part for anybody who liked Louisville. Yeah, in in half court sets, I felt confident with him driving to the basket in on. I don't know, like full court transition opportunities. I was like, get the ball to a guard, get the ball to a guard. But maybe he's improved dramatically in that. I think we all, that's the vision that we all had for Jalen Withers last year. It didn't come to fruition at all. Maybe this coaching staff can get out of him the glimpses that we saw from him two years ago. When again, he averaged double figures on a team that was better than the one where he averaged like five points and three rebounds on last year. The other thing is, we know that Payne talked to these guys for this section. They do a predicted starting five for every team. My guess is Payne or somebody else on the staff had some sort of like you know, hinting when they were making their predictions because I'll, I'll let you guess. Do you have, Would you care to venture a guess as to what their predicted starting five is for Louisville for this upcoming season? They being like Doster and company? Yeah, the, the, the Almanac's preview of Louisville has a, a set starting five, what they think is going to happen. We know they talked to Kenny Payne, and they came out with a with, with these five players. Ellis and Lands. Um, Withers, Curry, and Hatfield nailed it. That that five Did exact, I really nail it. That five exactly. LL is at the one. I don't know they don't like to do you know positionless basketball. Kamari lands at the two. Withers at the three, and then Huntley, Hatfield, and Curry I mean, making that's, up your That's score. the lineup I would start. That's the lot. That, that's what when we started talking about this a couple months ago, I'm like, I think this is my best guess just based on what I've heard with Kamari Lands. I mean, you could you it could sounds it sounds promising. I mean, you could you could maybe say I don't know who you take Hatfield out for, but this is a kid I think should get the starting nod right off the bat and let's see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what does he play starters minutes? Maybe not. Does he does his minutes diminish if he doesn't? You know, is isn't what we hope we maybe hope he can be probably. But you know what? Let's let's get let's get out there and see what he can do right away. He was the one guy I, I mentioned. I guess last week that I talked to three people that had gone to that open practice for alums of the basketball program, and they had all kind of said like we didn't didn't look great. But the one thing that they all did say consistently was Brandon Holly Hatfield looked really good. Like yeah. he was the guy that they looked at as a star. And they didn't say that about Kamari Lance, but I had heard throughout the summer that was the only thing that I ever got out of anybody at U of L was. Like Kamari Lands by the hype, like he's looking like the real deal. So I'm, I'm. If he wasn't impressing them that day for whatever reason, I'm choosing to say it was a, a bad day. I feel good about Lands and about Brendan Huntley Hatfield. And if you're looking for some reason to be more optimistic than the national picture of this team is b- the one that's being painted right now, I think th- that's a good place to start. Maybe Kamari Lands was. I know he was a top 40 player in his class. Maybe he should have been more like a top 20 player in his class. Maybe we're going to see that this year. Brendan Huntley Hatfield was a former five star recruit. Maybe he just now getting a chance to flourish and also being in the class that he was supposed to be in. He was he reclassified a year early. He played a lot of last year as a 17-year-old kid. Maybe now we're going to see glimpses of that pro potential this year in a system that's better for him to flourish and where he's playing more minutes. Uh, I think those are two things that you can point to and say, if we're going to overachieve to the point where we're in the NCAA tournament or safely in the NCAA tournament, those two things could be why. If you hadn't mentioned saying Lance's name before that, I might have guessed James. He's the other guy. one that I think you could slot in. That, too. I, that would be, but when you, when you were talking about him talking to Doster and when you, you said you particularly said Lance and Rees, or what is it? How, what not Ree, not Ree, but you said Lance. That's when I was like, okay, that name stuck in my head a little bit. He's. I'm excited for for Kamari Lance. I do think, I think he can be a really good college I player. Polarized Ree's name. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, you Tommy Reese, big fan. <laughs> the quarterback from Kansas. 
No, Notre Dame. Now he's the oh. offensive coordinator. People say he looks like me. When did I, I thought that was the quarterback from Kansas. No, I don't know who you're talking. Who you thinking of? When they when they had their the fat guy coach and they were really good. I don't know. Tommy Reese played at Notre Dame okay. and now he's the OC. I believe you. That's a, that's all I can tell you. Well, not for long. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're struggling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you go there long. <laughs> the like the rest of the section kind of was more of the the stuff that we've already heard a lot about. You know, Payne talks about you know, having a lineup with this type of size allows them to do different things defensively. We can mix and match. We can play, you know, half court pressure, full court pressure. Like just again, very vague about his system, which has been a, a consistent theme. Like we've, you, you've had questions about how do you want to play offensively? How do you want to play defensively? And it's been a whole lot of like, you know, we're, we're going to play fast. We're going to, we're going to be fun. We're going to pressure you on D like, but nothing definitive. And it, it's a lot more like that in the, in the U of L section. But the overall picture that they paint is, again, not a very optimistic one. They don't like the roster, but the- I mean, how do you really want to go out and say that publicly, whether you, it's, everybody knows it or not? What do you mean? They, they didn't publicly say we don't like the roster, though. Well, they picked us to finish thirteenth in the ACC. Oh, I thought you were talking about the coaching staff. In no, 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 no. Kenny Payne I wasn't was like, wow, no, no, man. no, no, no. Payne was not like, I hate my roster. <laughs> I, mean, so I was like, I mean, you can take it. We can all know you know it. But you don't shouldn't have said it publicly. No, the, the, he, all he did was acknowledge that they have limitations with, at the yeah. guard position and, which, and playmakers, which yeah. is we all know that going in. He didn't say he wasn't like I think we're going to suck. We're just trying to win ten games. Um, I got distracted. Well, I got distracted because I looked up the, the Kansas quarterback. His name was Todd Reesing. There you go. Oh, uh, so yeah, but, but that's why I didn't understand what you were coming from. I yeah, I was. Uh, which again, if you just look, we'll let stuff like that go. We could keep the conversation. It going. drives me insane. I know, it and does. I grew up at a time where it would drive me insane until the day I died. Now I can look everything up and I don't have to be insane any longer. You can also just wait like, you know, 20 minutes till we go to break. Oh, yeah, I'm going to remember it 20 minutes from now. Well, then it's not that important. I'm still still trying to remember what I watched last night. During the break. (laughs) You remember turn the break. And during the break, I'm like, wait a second. I watched an hour of Waterboy. (laughs) But no, I I was saying the the writers for this almanac are not overly optimistic about Louisville's team No, that's understandable. I don't. And that's pretty much the rest of the whole write-up is just kind of them talking about, you know, better days could be ahead for pain, recruiting. I think they mentioned DJ Wagner at one point, which, you know, it's always kind of like a nice little, like, Fu parting shot when people are like they're not good right now, but if they get DJ Wagner, I'm like let's, let's, just AJ Johnson, move him in there, move put his name into all the DJ Wagner boilerplate language that you've been using for the last two months. We're good to go. Uh, but that was I thought that was interesting. The fact that I'm not saying that that's, that's definitively the starting five we're going to see when this team plays its first uh, exhibition game coming up at the end of this month. But it sounds like if the season started today, that would be a safe. And, and I get the the, the the lack of depth and will, will will become an issue as the season goes, especially if you have injury issues. But, I mean, that lineup doesn't make me feel all that unwarm and fu- fuzzy inside. Same. I, I, I mean, think it can be a good lineup. I, I get it. Can, it, it could have some matchup issues, and, and that's going to, you know, that's going to come with any lineup, really. But I don't know. I just uh, – maybe it's because there's the mystery behind Hatfield and Lands for me combined with the potential that I saw and would like to see the step forwards in Ellison Curry. And Mike James and, still potential, and too. The, and, the, and, you're, and, and the mystery, mystery, the mystery potential – and the, the fact, and you mentioned this already, and we, we'll mention it till you know, we're, we're red in the face because we don't do blue in the face here because we're a Louisville station. Damn right. Is that we know what Withers can do, and it's there. Like, where it is, somewhere inside that head of his, we don't know, maybe, but we know it's been there, and we've seen it. So, I mean, there, there are many reasons to be optimistic. Now, could three weeks into the season, I feel like a total goober for feeling this way now? Possibly. That's how I am in a football team. But there, there's some optimistic reasons, I think. I think there's reasons to be 
You don't have to go out and be gung-ho and homer and butt-slapper and be like, you know, Louisville's a, we're a tournament team. This team, look at this. We're going we're gonna to compete. We compete. You don't have to be that. But you can you can look at being predicted to be 13th and 14th by probably 99% of anybody who picks any predictions in college basketball this year and look at it as a chip on their shoulder and say, I think we can maybe be 6th, 7th. And then, honestly, if we finish 6th or 7th in the ACC – it's a pretty damn nice little first season, if you it ask would, me. I mean, you think about Chris Mack's first season where the predictions weren't, <clears throat> excuse me, the predictions weren't quite as dire going into that season, but nobody had Louisville making the NCAA tournament going into his first year. And that that Mack team that wound up being safely in the NCAA tournament and actually was like one of the top 16 seeds when they did that little you know pre-seeding mm-hmm. thing in February, they wound up finishing seventh in the ACC. So if you finish seventh this year, you've, you're probably, I know the ACC is not, you're in the border tournament, probably. You're probably yeah, the ACC is probably not going to be as strong as it was that season. I think it's going to be a little bit stronger than it was last year. Yeah, you can't be that bad as it was last year. You I mean, think? Yeah. Although you know they, they ended up having half of the Final Four teams, so yeah, it's still strong at the top. Top heavy, yeah. Top heavy for sure. But if it's back to where it's within shouting distance of where it usually is, if you finish seventh, you're probably in the NCAA tournament. You're certainly on the bubble. You're at least, you're at least watching Selection Sunday with with hope in your heart, with a little bit of peaked interest for sure. And, and that and that's honestly, I mean, that's you know we've talked about it numerous times, but it's unfortunate to say that's where the bar is at this point for global fans. But it is now that bar is only going to be there like a year though. That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. That's the positive thing. Oh, that's but that you're a University of Louisville. You're a top four program or five program, wherever it depends on what Mike feels like that day. Six, yeah, six today. Always six. Always six. We were seven. We moved up though. We're always six. So you're, you, how can you be happy with? It's just a one-time thing. Just a one-time thing. Because after this year, then that satisfaction is going not to be as easily done. For sure, totally agree. Now, the other thing that we have not talked about on the show, they added some tip times and TV designations for the schedule this year. We now know the season opener, Wednesday, November 9th against Bellarmine. 9 p.m. tip, late night, ACC Network, and going through the old like like the. Uh, I like that. I'm not, I don't hate it. It's I fine. like it because it gives us time to get out of here. It gives us time to get settled. Plus, I can DVR uh, not, uh, AEW, watch the Louisville game, and then watch all AEW right after. That's what we're all thinking. Now, when I looked at the when I looked at the schedule when it first came out, the dates from the ACC, the one thing I said was like, oh, "Cool, we don't have any of those like Saturday to Monday quick turnarounds," but that's because we're not good enough to be on Big Monday, according to the the TV execs at ESPN, which leads to a lot of, like, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday, Saturday. And when I look at some of these games, I'm like, I see a whole lot of RSN on here. Some of these games scream regional sports network, and I was unfortunately correct about that. Clemson, I mean, we're going to be watching a lot of ACC network, a lot of Bally Sports. ACC network I'll take. Bally Sports... You know how I feel about Bally Sports. It's, you're going to have to get ready. Because, I mean, all I see is like ACCN, RSN, RSN. Uh, Wednesday, January 11th at Clemson, RSN. Wednesday, Georgia Tech, RSN. At Georgia Tech, back in February, again, RSN. Uh, so then the non-con games, Florida A&M, RSN. Uh, the ACC Network Extra, which is technically a, it's not RSN. ESPN Plus type, isn't it? But it's, yeah, it's, it's the streaming. The Wright State game, that's an extra game. The Lipscomb game, that's an extra game. Uh, the both exhibition games, those that's are the, extra games. Those are the games like Jody and Kent get to do, though, usually. Exactly. So, which always makes for some fun. Yeah, it, makes it, cha- it changes it up. Like, it makes a nice little twist. So both Clemson games in conference play are RSNs. Both Georgia Tech games in conference play are RSNs, which goes to show a little bit about what the, 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 no the preseason lo- predictions no are. No one loves Pastner. <laughs> nope. I've not. I've yet to see one ACC preseason prediction, preseason power ranking, that does not have Georgia Tech last. 
think Georgia Tech is on any anything that isn't RSN. Probably every on now their and schedule. then. Schedule. I mean, they, get, they, got to, they got to play Duke, right? They got to they got to play North Carolina, right? I mean, it's like the only way they're. I mean, I'm. It's assuming, funny you say that. Our only two. I was going to say are probably Duke and North Carolina. Our, our only two games in conference play that are on ESPN, not ESPN two or ESPN U, are the one game against North Carolina on the road and the one game against Duke on the road. That's yeah. it. And then I was well, Kentucky. The, you're talking about just in conference. Though, in conference right? play, the Kentucky yeah. games on on CBS this year. Yeah. No, I I wouldn't. If you, I'm wouldn't not surprised at that at all. I mean, don't we? Well, we play. Don't we play Duke or North? We play one of them twice, though, don't we? This year we play. We only play once. We play North Carolina. I think twice. No, we play both of them once this year. No, that's why. Okay, I was gonna say because I figured all of our games against them would probably be on ESPN one or two at least. Wait, we have games on ESPN. I was just telling those are the only two games that we have on the big network on ESPN. We got a couple more on ESPN two. Okay, a couple more on ESPN U. A bunch on the ACC network. And then, which I'll take too many on the network ten times over Bally's every day. You, I mean, I, I can I I'd rather listen to Courtney Alexander twenty four seven than anything Bally's can offer. You got a lot of nine p.m. tips. So I have no problem with that. A lot of late night. Well, you don't care because you're you, know, you go to sleep at like three a.m. Well, well you, it's actually you go to sleep at like five a.m. Well, why, why it doesn't bother you? You're up late too. You you were texting me at midnight one o'clock last night because my kid was up. Well, I mean, yeah, so was I. <laughs> I knew you were up. That's why you, you and uh, Dylan just partying. I was like, I, I, I can at least text two people. You sound like my buddy, my, one of my buddy when he moved to Colorado, he would text me all the time. I'm like, hey, what? You, he's like, we're well, the only one I know that's up. I got another friend in California who'll call me at like two in the morning sometimes. You're the only one I know that's awake. You up? You up? I know you're awake. It's only midnight here. As far as non-conference games are concerned, the Western Kentucky game uh, on December 14th, it's a Wednesday night. That's a 9 p.m. tip, another late night tip. That'll be on ESPN2. Um, the Maryland game, which is the ACC Big Ten Challenge game on Tuesday, November 29th, that's either going to tip off at 7 or 7.30, and it'll either be on ESPN or ESPN2. I guess they want to see how the, the first few weeks of the season go to the, decide who gets the, the showcase game. That's going to be on Bally's. No, it's, it's ESPN <laughs> or ESPN2. Uh, one of those two. It's going to be on two. Probably two. We know. Unless we could win Maui. Who knows? Maybe Maryland overachieves. You just, you never know. And then our first two conference games, which again are super early this year. We play three league games before Christmas. Miami is the first one, uh, Sunday, December 4th. That's going to be a 1 p.m. tip on the ACC network. Then we have almost a week off. We'll go to Florida State the next Saturday. That's another 1 p.m. ACC network game. And then NC State, Thursday, December 22nd, 7 p.m. ACC network as well. And then we're off for nine days until we play UK on New Year's Eve. Noon tip off. I don't like the Florida State at 1 p.m. I don't like playing Florida State anywhere. Tallahassee doesn't matter. We we have not won down there since I think uh, you know Lyndon Johnson was president. So <laughs> they can play that game whenever. I'm still not gonna feel great about <laughs> Charlie it. Charlie Ward was the starter. Yeah, Todd Racing <laughs> was doing his thing. Bobby Sir was out there. <laughs> but those are your hoop stones. We got some hoop notes. I feel good about it. Um, we'll, we'll take a couple of, of texts here before we go to break. Other, and, other than all the ballets, I don't mind. I mean, because yeah. we had seen the scheduled dates, and already, I mean, right off the bat, I, I, this, it was an improvement from last year. Last year, we got really kind of bum-hosed on that. It's because we think we're supposed to be better than we were. I know, and we had to do constant, like, back to, I mean, North Carolina. We had Duke, what was it, Duke, North Carolina, and somebody else always in, like, six days with each other. We had three different big Monday games, which means we had yeah. three different Saturday-Monday Shifts and what I think two of them were both road games where it was like you're playing at Syracuse on Saturday night and then you're going to North Carolina Which on that Monday. Couldn't night. Have hurt, that couldn't have helped the whole situation of last year to begin with. It didn't. I, I don't think it was the reason why we won no, 13 no, games, no, but it no. certainly was. It was a tough schedule. No. But hey, when you're worse 
or you're predicted to be worse, you get an easier schedule. So there you go. Gotta love them. That's the bright side. We're feeling good about it. Uh, 502-414-1450. We'll take a couple of texts about this, and then we can get to the crazy texts that people have about us talking about nonsense at, in, during the fourth Ooh, I like hour. nonsense. Uh, Texture says, call me a homer. Homer. But I really like that starting lineup. I, kinda, I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't hate it. I mean, you don't think you have to be a homer to be excited about it. Yeah. Like I said, there's. I mean, you can laugh at my reasoning for your excitement behind it, but it's logical reasoning. may not become true, but it's it's there for now. You can be excited about the lineup and still not be saying like, "Yeah, we're top twenty-five good." You know, you can you, you can look at that and say like, "Yeah, maybe we're going to be better than people are going to think." If LLS is truly, you know, I mean, turned a corner, much worse than what they think. I mean, God, if LLS is a, has there ever been more weight? on one basketball player's shoulder when it comes to the success of a season than there is on LLS. If LLS just totally sucks, is there any hope of us being remotely good this year? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just you think? Th- there could be some hiccups with turnovers and stuff. Who's going to uh, dribble? I mean, Lance, James. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's going to be a lot tougher. I, listen, I, I have faith. I mean, this, I have faith these kids, some of these guys, while they may not be you know, Pete Maravich out there running the spider dribble skill, but I mean, I think they can still dribble the ball, right? Maybe. We without, don't know. Can they dribble without looking at it? I can't. <laughs> okay. I grew up I grew up with a basketball goal with no cement in my backyard. I was only just sitting around I was like I was like your boy from uh, Hoosiers out there shooting on dirt. Jimmy Chitwood. Yeah, I was. That's I was, that's pretty much what I was doing. Trev Chitwood. God. Texas, we need uh, we need some AJ Johnson up there the day music. Who would be I need to I mean, you just do the same song. No. AJ, AJ Johnson. No, AJ needs Same to... exact syllables for the name. <laughs> Come on, we're better than that, man. I don't know. <laughs> you think we would be, but It helped not. the process of just like making people forget about DJ. <laughs> like, we've been doing this the whole time. It's always been the AJ Johnson update of the day. What are you guys talking about? We knew DJ was gone in like April. I wish the House of Dragons song was better. I, that would be a perfect fit. Like It doesn't just, work. We just moved on to the, the sequel of DJ, DJ Wagner to AJ Johnson. Also, we get far fewer updates on AJ Johnson because I think all the recruiting dudes knew that like DJ Wagner was clickbait heaven. You know, you could put anything out about him and like yeah. every U of L and every UK fan is going to retweet it and, and read it and do this stuff. And AJ Johnson is just kind of being like, Yeah, I'm coming to Louisville a lot. That's I the last update I got. I haven't heard his name yeah, I haven't heard his name mentioned in, on Twitter line in, in weeks. AJ, AJ Johnson, AJ Johnson. I kind of like it. <laughs> Texas says, He's better than DJ anyway. Who, who, who is DJ? Who, who is, is DJ? DJ? <laughs> Texas said, of course, Trevor is excited about the 9 p.m. tips because he has the sleep schedule of a 14-year-old on summer break. <laughs> that was my sleep schedule when I was a 14-year-old on summer break. 14-year-old on summer break. <laughs> no, you don't. At least half of it. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to be back in that place. I don't want to be fourteen again. We're just. Like, there's a comedic bit by this dude who's like, he's like, puberty is so weird. He's like, you know, you, you one day you're just a little kid who just you love baseball and popsicles, and then one day you wake up and you turn, you just like look around. And you're like, I kind of want to bleep that couch. Like that's, <laughs> that's what happens to you. And then you're just like fourteen, fifteen year old. You just it's all you can think about. Oh, I remember one thing I watched last night. And this, you're gonna make fun of me for this, though. Maybe I shouldn't tell you. I won't make fun of you. You will. Who can I? Who am I to judge what people watch? So I, I came across. I, I I mean I don't think he's new, but I I've literally never heard of this stand up comic, and I ended up watching like like almost a whole. I didn't watch. I didn't get to watch one of his specials because I really didn't go that looking into it. But I watched like the like these YouTube clips of like his best of stuff. Okay. Uh, Steve Byrne. Okay, I know Steve Byrne. I'd never heard of him until last night. 
You like it? Yeah, it was hilarious. He had me rolling. There you go. I'm not gonna make fun of you for that. Okay. I, well, I didn't know because when I when I looked Googled him, it turned out he was like something. He was like I guess he became popular back in like 2007 or something. It's it's, it's been a while. But I had, and the only reason I even just found out who he was was when you're going, you know, on Facebook and you get those that little video stream. Yeah. I I just I, just, I clicked on a Family Guy one because I do that all the time because I end up watching the Family Guy clips. And when you you know swipe up, it'll go like to what the next. And it was one of his little bits about uh, the wife and him not being friends, which uh, I don't know if you've seen where he's like, the, he's like my wife is that. not my friend. He's like, she's made that very clear. She texted me one day and was like, I'm doing this, this, and this. And he goes, and I replied, F you. And he goes, I thought it was funny. He's like, I get home, she's crying. He's like, it was a joke. I was joking with my friend. I got with my friends. He's like, I'm not your friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was pretty funny. That's good. So I ended up looking up a few of his. Uh, and it, it, it's right up my alley. He can be a little racy. There you go. Um, Texas says real quickly while we stay on the basketball front. We have to have one of L or Lands have a Preston Knowles 2010-11 type year. Unexpected guy turning into an all-conference player. I don't know if we need an all-conference player. but I, I, L is obviously the more... I think apt to have that because with Preston, it was always a slow build. Like he went from the lovable energy guy as a freshman to the guy who got more run as a sophomore to the guy who was a like legit good player as a junior to the all conference player as a senior. It was just a, it was a slow buildup with L. I mean, if L can be, he doesn't have to be first team all ACC. If he can be like, you know, one of those guys that you're talking about as like a third team all conference type player, second team all conference type player, hell, even like a high honorable mention all conference type player. I think you feel like you've got a shot to be better than people are thinking you're going to be. With Kamari Lance, that's a lot of pressure to put on a true freshman who's going to be playing a lot. But if he, I mean, hell, he's not, Texas not wrong. If he does have that type of season, then yeah, we're talking about a, I think, a large overachievement. And also, we're feeling pretty good about him coming back and being a fantastic sophomore next year as a college. I mean, I don't think he would go pro after. A season like that, but maybe. But I, he strikes me, Kamari Land strikes me as a at least two years in college type guy, which yeah. is good for the program. I'd, I'll, I'll take Jerry Culver. Yeah, for sure. I mean, imagine you need some, if we're going to be good, if we're going to be back to being as good as we expect to be in year two of the Kenny Payne era, one, obviously you have to have a big time hit with the 2023 class. Two, you're going to have to get some of your better players from this year's team, which hopefully overachieves back next season and and taking a gigantic leap forward. If you want to if you're talking actually being a like contender in year 2, there you, you pretty much nailed it, but there's the three check marks to me are a yes, a player from this year's team who gives you high hopes of taking huge steps forward because yeah. of potential. B, you have to have a five-star recruit in there. Yep. And C, you have to mix in some, uh, at least one or two good grad transfers. I think yeah, transfer market you, will be you big. Need, you need to have a good a good Glue man, role player transfer, if not, probably two of them. Not even grad transfers. I mean, nowadays with the or just yeah, the sorry, impact right. transfer rule. I guess I'm just so used to saying grad transfer when you talk about transferring that I forget now. It doesn't matter what class you are; you can transfer whatever. And this is going to keep being a thing. I mean, we're seeing now more and more teams that have NCAA tournament success that go to the Final Fours. I mean, a lot of them have you know rosters that are mostly guys that didn't start at that school. Uh, Baylor won a national title a couple of years ago with a starting five where I think one of their players was a. I don't think any of them were, weren't they? Was it, was it all five that weren't? Well, I don't think all, yeah. You may be right. I, I thought one of them had been a. No, the start of their kid career was Baylor. from Auburn. And then he was. Um, the, he was the best. Yeah. And, and the, the white kid who was the shooter was a transfer who ended up transferring again. <laughs> it's just, it's the way of the sport now. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I guess the fourth thing would be have confidence in year one that, that Payne can coach, but. 
That that would help too. That would be yeah. That would, I guess that would be the fourth the fourth thing you'd have to check off going in. But these are also things again you have to check off for these if you want to actually consider yourself in contention for a title in year two, which is saying a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's a but I think that's what we're all kind of we're hoping. And yeah. also, I mean, the other thing is the obviously the the high RP has to come down a little bit lenient on you. If you're oh yeah, we forgot about those guys. <laughs> Any day now, guys. If you want to give us something else to talk about, we love it. We love a distraction from football. Just, just, just go ahead and hit us with that pun. Even if it's not great, we'll uh, we'll talk about it right now because <laughs> we want it over with, and we don't want to talk about football. We, those are the two things that we want right now. It's gonna be a day Saturday, but doesn't wake up and go, please, day RP, please, RP, come on, day. Like Monday at the BC game, he woke up and he's like, if ever there was a day, God. Maybe like, honey, can you fake an email? <laughs> just put out some report that it's gonna come out. We don't even have to like substantiate so, somebody it. Somebody leak it somewhere. Create the rumor. <laughs> somebody tweet out that they're the hearing it's gonna come out around one o'clock. On the phone. <laughs> just as long, just up until I, I'm done with this press conference, then we can move on. I will right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Wednesdays are great days for the text line. Middle of the week, right between games. If you want to get weird, let's get weird. Text us at 502-414-1450. Any questions you want, we're going to answer them. Any topic ideas you got, we'll entertain them. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Hour number two is on the way next here on I love when Trevor really dances. But he's just like really you can tell like he's how he's not getting to loot the man. You can tell how he genuinely dances right there. Oh, here we go. The one shining moment. Thousand kisses is never too much. Welcome back in. This is hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show. Live from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, as always. If you're interested in getting your MBA and feeling like you're getting paid to get your MBA, does that pique your attention? Does that sound good? Does that sound like something you might be interested in? Pique me like Luther does. Go to business.louisville.edu. They got all your information there. Get your MBA. Feel like you got paid to do it. They'll tell you how. We love the University of Louisville College of Business. We appreciate them sponsoring our studio as always. And it's comfy. It's cozy. We love it here. It's great. Except when the you know traffic is from the carpool lines <laughs> keep me from getting here. And when the, the mouse doesn't work on the computer. I think the mouse is working a little better. I'm so glad to hear that. You, I've noticed you've been a little bit more chipper as the show's gone on. Well, I have to go slow with it, though, which is not my style. It's a good life lesson for you. My, my, I, I mean, of all of the, mo- most everything in my life is done slowly, but I, I do, I'm very quick with the wrist. And oh therefore, I mean, oh so sometimes on the mouse, I've got to be, I've got to slow it down a little bit and to pace myself with the mouse. Got to keep the mouse in the house. Got to keep, <laughs> especially if you're too quick with my, the rest. My mind is ready to explode. I, I mean, that was, what do you want me to do with that? That the whole like three sentences back to back. I was like, come on, I mean, really, what are we doing? Uh, I mentioned this at the top of the show. 
it's Wednesdays. This week it loose. This is the text line day, especially during football season when we're in that that sort of period between when football has started but basketball hasn't gotten going yet. And there's you know, it's football's the main topic of conversation. You get to Wednesday. Now it's different when your football team's good though. I would love to be talking about a five and zero Louisville team on a Wednesday because you know if we were five and zero, we this wouldn't be wacky Wednesday. We'd be talking about. We would be talking about Virginia. We'd be talking about how excited we were. Playoffs, we're rankings, yeah, all that stuff. But when, but when you're two and three, I don't want to talk a about wild it. Wednesday. You tell us something else to talk about. What do you want me to bring up? I mean, I saw Brett McMurphy brought up the fact that the most consecutive losses for Power Five teams versus fellow Power Five teams were number four on that list yeah. right now. With four, by the way, four, which is still a far cry from Vanderbilt's twenty-four in a row, which is almost impressive at this point. They have more than doubled up every other team in the in the FBS Power Five. They've lost twenty-four straight games against Power Five teams. The next most is Stanford at ten, Which's then Missouri at five, then us at four. The most consecutive power wins versus power five, by the way, if you're wondering, is Clemson with eight, Georgia with five, UCLA right there at five, too. Yeah, UCLA's because they won like three straight in the last season. You, I tell you right now, DTR, Chip Kelly, UCLA and USC. That's going to be, I mean, Pac 12 won the line probably when that game comes down to it. And they want to leave the Pac 12. It's going to be a fun game. What are you doing? Stay out there forever, UCLA. Why are you going to the Big Ten? That's. What are you yeah, doing? They're they're idiots. I do enjoy though when you mention I do that when you mention that uh that list of uh consecutive wins. There's somebody that got dropped off that list. Who's that? They were on there. They've been on there for a few weeks and now now they're no longer there because I'm they, going to need you to elaborate. Because they could not be successful in the Grove. Hmm. I don't who was playing in the Grove last week? <laughs> Seriously? Kentucky. No, no, not seriously. Okay. No, the whole thing is not seriously. <laughs> I just want you to say Kentucky. <laughs> They lost. But they did. By the way, I didn't know she said that right above us was Missouri at five. Yeah, they've lost five straight games. So the last two App State coaches are not right under the bottom of that list. But they played Georgia close, which is like a win for Missouri fans. They're basically like, we're back. I would take that right now. I mean, are you kidding me? We played BC close. I mean, we... <laughs> it's almost the same thing, right? I, I Going back to Kentucky real quick, <laughs> I think I said this on Monday about how, like, you know, we're playing at the same time, so I'm not. I didn't catch any of the Kentucky game. I, I saw the highlights like after or after the fact on the College Football Sunday Morning Show. Yeah, but there. when it's happening and you're glancing at Twitter and I'm looking for updates, you know, the UK fans that are on my Twitter timeline, you know, they're making it seem like this is the worst game that any team has ever played. You're like, oh my god, UK is getting throttled here. And you look at the score and it's like, you know, they're down 19-16 with the ball and driving. You're like, why are they so upset about this? And my favorite thing about that, and I think this is ever, and I'm not picking on UK fans because I know Louisville fans do this, this, this exact same thing. So the whole game, it's woe is me. These mistakes are killing us. We're so bad. This is so terrible. I'm going to kill myself watching this team play. And then afterwards, right when the game ends, it's tough to lose a game when you know you are the better team. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, I, who are these? What, what oh, game have these people man. been watching? I, can't. I do love that statement, though. I mean, who amongst us hasn't said that multiple times in a year? Man. I mean, maybe not what maybe hasn't said too many times this year because I don't even know if we're really the better team than anybody we've lost to. But no, Florida State, <laughs> I think, was the one game. I did look at Bill Connolly's advanced uh, box scores that he does for ESPN for every game, and it really told the story of just how badly we got our asses kicked on Saturday. Like we should not have been in that game at all. And like that's, that's his genu- his genuine synopsis was like, if you look at this game based on just the stats, BC should have won by like 14, 17 points. No, because I mean, we, it's not because the, the turnovers. I mean, the two yeah. fumbles by the court, uh, by Djokovic or Djokovic, whatever. I mean, the the one where he got blindsided, 
mean, well, the is. one one should have been a touchdown pass, just bounced off the dude's shoulder pads as he's going into the end zone, yeah, and, and then Monty Montgomery catches it. Like that should have been a score for them. Instead, we get the ball back. The only one that was his fault was the one where he tried to throw the lateral pass to, which was one of the funnier <laughs> plays I've seen yeah. in a long time. But the other two, yeah, and the other fumble he had, the third fumble was when he got, like I said, the the, the left tackle or whatever. Yeah, I mean, exactly. whipped. I mean, whipped badly on on the block. We got three turnovers from them, including one of the funniest turnovers you're ever going to see at any level of football. And yeah, game is and a, we still lost by one. And I believe both two of those three, we got the ball on our side of the field. The the, the lateral pass we got in the red zone. Didn't the lateral we? we got at the twenty. Yeah, we couldn't punch it in. No, we did punch it in that drive. That was that was the uh, lost uh, Malik play. That was the other time we did not we settled for a well, field goal. Well, the interception goal. was way on the other side and, too. The so. the Monty Montgomery interception we went three and out and punted it right back to him. Yeah, and then the other fumble we got like on like the forty or 50, I think the thirty five forty. I think we did nothing. Yeah. This is why I didn't want to talk about the team. This is why I want to go to the text line. Look what you did. Look what you made me do. I mean, now I'm in a bad mood. I mean, I mean, you, you happy, Scott? <laughs> That's what you wanted on October 5th. Just trying to enjoy a damn Wednesday here. 502 414 is the Thornton sex line. Let's hear what you guys had to say. Texture says, what the hell? <laughs> this is from Kersey. Here's the headline Globe trotting botanist beaten to death and fed to crocodiles. I want to be mad at you for just complete non sequitur, but my interest is big. I mean, who, it's a grabby headline. That's the headline and a half. First of all, when I think botanist, my mind automatically goes to Matt Damon and uh, the, the Martian. You love them. You bring in the Martian frequently. It's, a, it's on FX every other day. Man, that's the reason. That's probably why. But I mean, I, do, I, do I dare click on this headline? No, no. Kerosene Texture says, <laughs> is it just me or did the South Park rendition of the Thrones intro music completely ruin the awesomeness of it for anyone else? At the, at the beginning of every episode, I find myself singing along to the explicit lyrics that South Park put over it, and I end up laughing about it instead of preparing myself for another great episode. Well, we tried to ruin it too with DJ Wagner. Yeah, we didn't work worth our stuff. And that the only reason we did that is because it got ruined for me when somebody <laughs> pointed out that, it, they, that every time they see it, they go Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter. Oh, you did that to me when I did my rewatch You're of welcome. it a few weeks or a month ago or so. Like every time, because he's the first name that pops up, right? And Wagner, like you did, DJ yeah. Wagner. But yeah, the the South Park one is the Wiener, Wiener, Wiener. Oh, I've never seen that. Okay, they have a whole like they have a, like a bunch of I'm a multi part. They just they ripped on Game of Thrones back in the day. Uh, Texas says. One of the coaches in front of Scott Satterfield on the coach's hot seat was Jeff Scott of USF. So there's that. Um, text says the one. Uh, this is the. I take it back. This guy had this texted before the show. He's like, this one guy that texts before the show starts. Pop my podcast listener. If you haven't listened to the shutdown forecast yet today, one you should because they're awesome. I agree. Two, they drafted head coaches to be fired next, and Satterfield was uh, the one. But the, the top pick. He was he was round one, pick four. One of the coaches in front of him though was Jeff Scott of USF. So there's that. Okay. Well, we maybe we got our win this season, our most impressive win this season. Got a coach fired earlier than Satterfield. So there's that. <laughs> it's not all bad. I, mean, who, I wonder who the other ones because I'm assuming the other one might have been guys that already been fired, right? No, this was shutdown forecast. They just they're the latest podcast. They released it yesterday. Oh, so, so, so the, they're drafting coaches who are the next to be. So Wisconsin, Georgia Tech. Yeah, those uh, are all. Herm, they're already gone. Okay, I wonder. I wonder who number number one bit if it wasn't Scott from USF. They have odds on this sort of thing. I, I know I've gotten them, but I think I. Just, I wasn't going to bother asking you because you've been like, I don't know. Well, I don't. Um, but I just I, I was thinking. Well, I haven't about, listened to the episode. I can't. I, guess I was that just one. more thinking out loud because. I can't think of anybody's. I mean, th- those are the names we've talked about all year of being the most hot seated names. Including well, Jeff Jenkins because he's already fired. The odds on the, the Stanford coach maybe Shaw. He David Shaw's up there. Yeah, 
Well, the odds, because Brian Harson of Auburn's the favorite. That's, oh, yeah, that's the yeah. obvious one. I'm still amazed he still has a job. That's all I've been hearing for like the last six months is how he's going to get fired. Well, he basically like, <laughs> I mean, so he did like... beg to keep his job. <laughs> Next on the list is David Shaw. Okay. These are odds. This isn't the shutdown oh, forecast. Oh, okay, but you would think they're probably similar. They had Jeff Scott, USF, next. Then uh, Ken, I can't pronounce his last name, the dude at Navy, who's there having a terrible year. Uh, He's been there forever, though, too. He has, he? and they've been pretty good most of the time. Yeah. Nia Matolo, uh, I think is his name. Yeah, he runs the option stuff, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Sark at Texas is, is getting 14-1 to 1 odds. Good. I, I think they need to fire him anyway. Sark's a horrible coach. Jimbo somehow has better odds than Satterfield, which is not going to – I mean, his buyout is absurd. They have to pay him like $97 million. Northwestern's not going to fire Fitzpatrick no matter what, right? I mean, he's nah. – He's got – I mean, I know he's been bad this year, but he's – I mean, he wasn't – he's been – I mean, he, they weren't that bad just a couple of years ago. I mean – They've had a couple of bad years in a row. Yeah. And they I also – their good years have stopped being like – well, their good years are good enough. Going to a bowl and winning six games. I mean, I, I saw the stat today. You know, Charlie Weiss. Remember how when he got bought out from Notre Dame in '09, people were like, "Oh my God, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life." Nineteen million dollar buyout. Like, that, this is the worst contract of all time. And he's still getting paid like Benia style too for that. He's. I, I don't. He was for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if he still is. So if A and M wanted to buy out Jimbo Fisher at the end of this season, not even today, at the end of this season. They would have to pay. Char- they would have to pay three times more than Notre Dame paid Charlie Weiss for his ridiculous it's like buyout. Sixty no million dollars. They would have to give him start like next year. They would have to give him over. Oh my god. Eighty-five thousand. Eighty-five. Oh my god. There's no way this is right. There's no way you get eighty-five million dollars. No. No way. A breakdown of what A and M would have to pay to fire Fisher at the end. At the end of this season, they would have to pay him eighty-five million dollars. If they fired him at the end of 2022. I would suck on purpose. If they fired him fired for $85 million. If they fired him at the end of next season, it's still $76 million. 2024, it's $67 million. 2025, it's $58 million. 2026, it's $48 million. 2027, this is a long time away. $39 million still is his buyout. He pretty much has tenure then. He predicts they would have to wait until 2031 to pay him nothing to fire him. That's almost a decade away. In 2030, even then, they'd have to, have to pay him just shy of $10 million. Outrageous contract. God, I hope they suck and they have to fire him and pay him that money. It, it kind of, they're trending that way. He has, a, he has a worse record through the same amount of games that Kevin Sunderland had. I mean, I'm not shocked. I, well, They haven't been good. The only difference between the two is I thought Sunderland was going to be a good coach, and I've never thought Jimbo Fisher was a good coach. Sunderland was great in September. September. Sunderland was, was the guy I wanted a little bit to go after when they, when they went after guys Charlie Strong. Texas, hey Trevor, guess what? Chicken butt. <laughs> Run around the table and lick it up. Well, I didn't. I've never heard of that part of it. You never heard that part? Of no, it? I just heard it. Guess what? Chicken butt. Northwestern, by the way, has missed the bowl. Three, this would be if they don't go this year. It'll be three out of four years. That's not good. But coming off a four-year run of bowl straight bowls. Texas says Scott. I can't read that. Come on. Can't read that. <laughs> I almost did. I almost did. It would have been a bad. It <laughs> would have been a bad moment on the show. Um, yeah, now I can't stop thinking about what it says. Um, Texas says, also, quote, came out that Scotty said, you can't ask our players to do something they're not comfortable doing. We talked about it at the end of yesterday's show. Stupid the, the, quote. The yeah. quote. It was, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking at, Patrick. Don't read it out loud, Patrick. Don't, I can don't. hear you. No, it was bad. Uh, Texas says, Trevor, there are like three, four, five ways to get out of your neighborhood or adjacent neighborhoods. How do you get stopped by the traffic lady trying to pull out? Also, giggity. <laughs> 
because there are there are multiple exits, but there are I have, no matter none of them. I can go back ways behind, around Westport Road, though, Westport Middle School, though. So there's no way to get out of your neighborhood without running into the the traffic lady, unless I just don't go on Westport Road. Yeah, like I know what he's talking about. There's a, well, there's two exits alone in my neighborhood, and then I connect to Dove Creek, which I could leave, but that's down the other way. And if there wasn't one little thing guarding the way, I could get all the way down to Langdon Place. Um, but yeah, the, uh, no matter what, no matter what actually I take, I'm going left and I'm going to have to go past Westwood Road to get to the expressway. Wherever you go. Unless I go up Hurstburn and LaGrange and go that way. And that just seems like a waste of time. Texas says Lance Taylor's first play call, speed option into the boundary. He then removes a mask to reveal himself to be Scott Satterfield. <laughs> I'm ready for the sad heel turn. Uh, Satterfield, by the way, he had his weekly coaches show last night, which you can always hear on our sister station, 970 WGTK. And he did clarify the whole. At Roosters. At Roosters. And he did clarify the whole, like, is Lance taking over the play calling? How much is he going to do? He said that Lance has actually been involved in the play calling before this. He's actually called some plays, and now he's just going to be calling more of them. Um, but like Santa feels like I'm still the primary play caller. He's just going to be contributing more. He'll call a few more plays, but he has been calling plays this season. It, it was. I'm more curious on what his involvement with the defense is. Is he going to be calling defensive schemes? Hey, tackle that guy. I mean, that's, that's the, I'm not worried about Lance Taylor. You got to tackle him. Yeah, I'm not worried about what his, his new role is with the offense. I'm worried about I'm, – I'm curious on what your role is supposed to, is going to be with his defense. That would be me trying to coach defense at this point in my life. Just tackle, like, yeah. yeah. Drive through him. Do they still do that? Drive through him. <laughs> Head on this side. Trip him. Up. Trip him if he gets by you. Coach. Get him on the ground. You can't do that. Oh, who cares? Get, get him <laughs> on the ground. It'd just be me. I'd do the basketball thing where I'm just like make clapping and saying make a play before every snap. That'd be my coaching style. Smack the ground. Somebody make a play. Smack the ground before the play. Somebody make a play. <laughs> just say that over and over. Like, are you going to give us any? Well, how are you helping out over here? Make a play. Wrap him up. Get him on the ground. They can't hurt you when they're tackled. Yeah. <laughs> if you wrap him up and put him down, then we six, we win. It's that easy, people. Well, what if the text line needs to realize that we're not watching House of the Dragon. We, we keep getting House of the Dragon. You talks. haven't even watched a one. Nor will I. I now, this is not going to help you wanting to watch it. I talked to a buddy of mine the other day who has been watching it regularly. And he's been kind of, he's the first person I've talked to that has actually not been like butt slapper about it. Like everybody, some other friends are like, oh, it's awesome. You're going to, you'll, I don't know how you can't watch it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh-huh. And he's the only one, he's one of the few ones that's been like, I feel like honest more about it. Like, yeah, it's got his moments. And he said that, and I think it's the fifth episode, between the fifth and sixth episode, it jumps 10 years. Okay. I don't like that. I mean, I, I don't hate it. It's, I'm just not going to watch it. I don't watch, I've, I've made my <laughs> thoughts on the show very clear, and I'm not changing. If three or four years from now the show wraps up and people are like, is there something I can tell you to show, make you want to no, watch it? No, I'm not. I, no, I've been hurt. It's like saying, you know, the, the woman who cheated on you so much five years ago, she's a, she's a new person. She's found God. She's been faithful. She wants you back. I'm not, I'm not going back. Oh, I am, but I have no no no, no pride. Well, that's, I, I, that's fine. <laughs> I different not. strokes for different folks. I'm not going to. I, I applaud people who can put their pride aside when they've been wronged to that degree. I can't. I'm going to hold a grudge. I, I felt like I got screwed over by the last season and a half of Game of Thrones, and, and so I'm not getting back in. Now, four years from now, if everybody says the show is great and it's done, I'll give it a shot. I'll watch it. But I'm not – you're not going to get me on a week-to-week basis I mean, again. how can you be – be suckered you, back in. How can you be, have that attitude for, towards the show, and yet Satterfield screwed us over three years and you still, you're still trying to support him? I'm not. <laughs> what show have you been listening to for the last year Well, now? going into the year at least. I, was, I mean, I was saying I want him to succeed. I was not saying I thought he was going to. 
And you still watch Louisville play, though. Yeah, I'm a big. And we've hurt you more. We've hurt. They've hurt you a lot. Well, also, this is a job too. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! You might listen to the show. Can 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 easily can assume that we don't even watch the games. It's different though. <laughs> it's well, I mean, I, I fandom is different when it comes to sports than it is with TV shows. Uh, I mean, it's still fandom, right? Yeah, but like, I'm not going to just bail on local sports. I've been doing this my whole life. I'm not, I'm not going to bail. You think there's some people that have the same attitude towards Game of Thrones and House of Dragons, though, right? Yeah, but this is a different show. I watched. I was pissed at Game of Thrones like halfway through the last season, and I knew it wasn't going to end in any way that made me satisfied, but I still was going to watch the last few episodes. Okay. At that point, I'm pot committed. This is just from that same realm. This would be like, I don't, even, I don't think there's a sports analogy to be made. I see where you're going, because there are people like, The Walking Dead is a show that I bailed on after it got ridiculous after like the first two and a half, three seasons. But there are people, because it was going on for like 17 years, who were like, I made it this far. I've just got to keep watching at this point. I'm hate watching. I get that. That's how it was with the last season of How I Met Your Mother. But you also never know. Like, there's There are times when shows are like too far gone and you know it's just not going to get better. With sports, you at least always have the hope that like things are going to get turned around. And that's why you watch in the middle of bad seasons because – you know, well, also just well, maybe not loyalty. bad season, but you can come back the next season if anything. Yeah, it's different. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm not. Yeah, I've been wronged by Louisville. Athletic. I'm Louisville can do whatever they want. I mean, to I'm me. the I'm last gonna, one to I'm like keep going back. I'm the last one to like hold this flag up for House of Dragons because I watched the first episode and then watched since. So, but I, I do plan on watching it when it's like concluded. That's fine. I mean, I just figure I'll binge it then. But, I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm just saying I'm not going to. That's okay. just me. We the first stuff. season just. Plus, I just watched that first episode, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the, the, the mindset, but they're all like skinny, pale, blonde people. I can't tell anybody apart. It was like when I when I went and saw the, the Passion of Christ, and I couldn't just, I couldn't figure out which one was Jesus. Okay. I mean, it's like everybody looks like hippies with long hair. I mean. Jim Caviezel's never coming on the show. <laughs> I can't tell who's who. Are they sure they got the right guy on the cross? Texture says, uh, what else does Josh need to see before he pulls the trigger? Someone needs to ask him if this was the plan that Scott was talking about that saved his job. Well, clearly I, it wasn't. I mean, yeah. I still, I'd like to at least hope to think that if, if Vince had left one week earlier, Scott would not be here right now. I could say that. I, he also says, he recommended this before, have either of us watched The Terminalist on Amazon? I, I still haven't. I haven't watched And I'll tell you right now, Texter, I'm, I'm not saying. The only reason I haven't watched it is because it just really isn't my wheelhouse. Like, I watched the, the previews for it, and it, I'm not saying it's. And I, my friend of mine whose girlfriend loves that type of stuff, she loves it, and he's watched it. He says it's okay, but it's just, it's kind of like Homeland. It's just not my thing. I'm not, I don't get into the military it's Tom fine. Clancy type stuff, really. Terrence, you all have to watch this Jeff Dahmer show. I'm going to watch it. That eventually. I've heard good things about. I have. I heard, I, and now the criticism has come out about it. Like, it romanticizes Jeffrey Dahmer and all this stuff. And, and I mean, I don't know how that's possible. I'm going to watch it. But, I mean, he he ate people. Like, I don't, cannibal, I, yeah. I don't think, I don't. <laughs> he was in Milwaukee, right? It, I believe that's right. My yeah. mom was obsessed with Jeffrey Dahmer. She thought it was, like, like the most fascinating thing of all time. I was a little bit into it because it was, I was, I think I was, what, like, sixth or seventh grade when his whole story came out. That would be about right. I think I was like eight or nine. Yeah, so that's about the right age where I was kind of like, because I remember being in, because I think he went to prison in Chicago. And I think I remember I was like on a trip in Chicago, like the weekend, like he ended up getting, because he died in prison very early. He was beaten to prison. He got death. killed, right? Yeah, he was beaten to death. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think he was only in prison for like a month or so. I could be wrong. Maybe it felt like only a month, but he, that's what it seemed like. He was there a very short time. Yeah, he's from Wisconsin. He, yeah, from Milwaukee. He died in Wisconsin. Oh, so it was Wisconsin. He went to prison. Okay. Yeah, he got beat to death. I guess. 
How long he'd been? I mean, not long, right? Three years after he'd been in jail. Okay, so it did seem a little quicker than that. Yeah, maybe. but still, yeah. yeah. Not a great guy. No, when you keep freezers of body parts, and people, that's probably not a not a good look. Not it, so. I keep seeing this Tristan. And he's the most recent, like, like most popular serial killer, right? No. Who who we had since then? That's the most popular serial killer. Who was like the the? I mean, I'm sure there been the a, train guy. Who? Yeah, it was it was like a. Talk about the guy that killed the vigilante in New York. No, no, no. That was no. like so that was mid '80s. It was the guy hopping the trains in like the late '90s. I remember that guy. I don't remember that Bundy dude. Ted, well, yeah, Ted Bundy was. Ted that was Bundy a long was time ago. Seventies. Yeah. yeah, Ted Bundy was executed in like '86. I mean, we don't hype up like famous serial killers now. I mean, we had no, like, but I mean, well, I mean, there's some that that, that grab the imagination of, of the country. I mean, in a way, I guess they used to. I mean, but Dahmer's like the last one I can th- that I can think of that, that had that kind of. That was that you you would you when you talk about you know, like everyone knows them along with like you know Berkowitz and and you know and obviously you mentioned you know you know Jack the Ripper and yeah. and and Bundy and um, John Wayne Casey the Boston I mean, Hillside the Boston Strangler Casey yeah I mean those, these are guys that like kind of just I mean maybe it's because you know we live you know with you know social media and everything internet and it, it it's you don't get the kind of same lore that you do with the those stories. Without My buddy that, Danny takes the name instead of Melignano. Melignano was not a serial. I don't even remember though. who that is. He's the guy. He's from Louisville, who. Oh, that turned out killed a bunch of people in Atlanta, right? No, no, no. He, he killed his wife, but he went on trial for it, was found innocent, and then a couple of years later, they found pictures of like his murder victim, like in his house underneath his floorboards, Ooh. and so like because of double jeopardy rule, they couldn't re- they couldn't yeah. retry him for murder. They found him guilty of like perjury. hiding evidence or yeah perjury and not going. And he's like out. Like he's been living in Louisville for a, he may have died. Died. But, like you would see him walking around Seneca Park like all the was, time when what, I was a kid. Didn't when there a circuit that was busted here in Louisville that had killed like twenty people down in like Atlanta, and but he'd been he got arrested up here and he ended up being I think he was up for execution in Indiana. I don't remember that. Yeah, Melignato died in, in 08. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean serial killers are just they're not like. Does everybody go through like, is, especially a kid that like that serial killer phase? Like you get just infatuated well, with. Well, hold on, what? You didn't do that. I didn't have a serial killer phase. Yeah, like you think it's just like you just. I mean, you're not you're not like in psycho, but like like when I worked at Books a Million, like you get bored in the daytime. That you know, there's so many Calvin and Hobbes books I can read, and I went through all the High Times magazines. Like I ended up going like I ended up reading a bunch of books like on like biographies about you know Bundy and. And other serial killers that, that that weren't Dahmer, actually, mostly. Well, I think there's certainly a Berkowitz. And I think everybody. Like not, I'm not gonna say everybody, but I think there's definitely there's clearly a fascination with true crime. I mean, that's half of the podcast. Most okay, successful that are out but, there. Are, maybe are that would have been a better way to term it than yeah. serial I mean, killer. I, I'll fully buy. It. Like I listened to the, the, the. I was fascinated by the recent. Speaking of, of serial killers, recently, like the, the Golden Gate Strangler from the 70s. It was like I listened to that podcast, mm-hmm. and they caught him like two years ago. Like they finally figured out who it was. Uh, based on the, the life work of the the, the woman not who wrote the book, not to be confused with Zodiac, by the way. Not to be confused with the Zodiac killer, yeah. who passed away. Like it was a, it was like the, I was fully into that. And, like I see how it can bring people in. I don't know if everybody goes through like a, <laughs> a phase as a kid where they're just well, obsessed I mean, with serial what I'm saying, But like you said, true crime. If you call it true crime, it doesn't sound as is, is weirdo. But because um, like in one of the mo- I'm very, I don't want to say it's underrated, but it's, it's not a great movie. But a cool movie I always liked was a movie called Copycat from the '90s. If you, ever, if you have, I don't know if you've heard I of it. Saying. Where it's uh, Sigourney Weaver, um, not uh, Robert Downey. Is it Robert Downey Jr.? No. By the way, Dugan texted and said the the judge, the dude that Patrick is named after, Steve Ryan, is the judge that sentenced Mel 
to the maximum penalty for perjury. Judge Stephen Patrick Ryan. Nice. Look at that. But movie copycat. It's about uh, Scorpion Weaver plays a a, a a person who like studies serial killers and someone's trying to imitate a different serial killers and hunting her down. Yada yada yada. Interesting. But so it's kind of interesting. it's kind of interesting twist to it. Texas, how did Trevor get from Calvin and Hobbes to his serial killer face? What, <laughs> what did Books a Million do to that man? <laughs> it's a great text. I did. I read like, I mean, I'm saying you have no idea how bored you'd get. I read, I read a lot of the Ken Starr report because it was like, I was, <laughs> it was when it came out when I was working there in like 97, 98. And we had a stack of that damn thing right at the front counter. I should have, I should have hosted a show with that, Trevor. And I was like, I was like, huh. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I, I didn't read the whole thing because if you've ever seen the Ken Star Report, it's like it's like more yeah. peace. But I mean, I skimmed through it and read some chat, read a chapter here and there. I mean, I'd get bored. I mean, the coffee shop if you didn't work on the nighttime, it, there wasn't much business in the daytime. Which is why I'm, when I managed it, I worked all days because I'd be bored. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, more serial talk on the, uh, the the Thornton Sucks line. Before we do that, though, reminding you, if you have heating or air conditioning problems, there's only one place to go, only one place to call. It's AirServe at 502-264-9662. The reason why you want to call AirServe, they got technicians available for you 24-7. They're like HVACs for your uh, – they're like EMTs for your HVACs. I always mess you it up. You know who didn't use AirServe? Who? Bundy. Berkowitz. Dumber. None of them. None of them. They avoided AirServe. They and used, look what happened. They to used them. the air ducts. If they had AirServe out there, they would have found out that problem a lot sooner because they got technicians available for you 24 7. They're going to come to your house. They're going to make sure there's nothing going on in your house that is, is wrong. They're going to fix that problem, whatever that problem is, because whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, they're going to make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air. Again, the number to call 502 264 9662. 502 264 9662. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More text after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on AJ Johnson. <laughs> this We're be getting AJ Johnson. <laughs> Somebody just turned on the show. They're like, what? What? This guy's breaking? No, we're not. We're not what we're saying. So somebody in the text, I'm going to steal their guess because I've got no idea. They guessed that it was debut albums from 1981. They get text of the day. That there it is. Nailed it. Nailed it. It's not, not only is it 19 songs from 1981, these are all the debut albums of these artists. That's the guest. Luther Vandross, the go- what a great year, by the way, if you think about it. You had Motley Crue, Luther Vandross, Duran Duran, the Go-Go's. Incredible. This is what I've played so far. I'm a- get, get, there's a few more out there, including one that might even blow your mind a little bit. He debuted in 1981 as, on his, for a solo career. 
My buddy Danny, podcast legend, uh, also says he, he needs to hear more about Trevor's serial killer phase. <laughs> it was it was like a two-year span. The text line is very intrigued by your quote. The, the way that you described it, <laughs> I think the way that you laid it out was, does every kid have a serial killer well, phase? I mean, Which was an odd way to put it out there. I guess because I guess the term true crime wasn't like available then. There's certainly, there's like, most the, people no have a fascination with murder. Crime. Yeah, sure. I mean, so... I mean, if I'd, if I'd worded it like true crime phrase, people are like, oh, yeah. But it's kind of, I mean, it's the same thing, right? I mean, in a way. Pretty much, yeah. It's just, instead of just like in a broad true crime, it's I a euphemism. I narrowed it down to like a specific genre of true crime, i.e. serial killers. I don't know if, I still don't know if phrasing it as every kid going through a phase. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I, don't know, I can't recall if I had a serial killer phase. I certainly was aware of their existence and and maybe was intrigued at certain times, but I don't know if I was ever like, there was like, you know, I went from being really into Ninja Turtles to just really into John Wayne Gacy. Well, I just, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Is John Wayne Gacy the undeniable creepiest serial killer? I mean, just up as a clown. I mean. Easily the creepiest to me. I mean, Dahmer was eating people, though. I mean. Degrees of creepiness. Because, I mean, when you talk about other circles, I mean, you talk about insanity, like, you know, taking orders from a dog and shooting random people or, you know, pretending to be injured and, and you know, rape and murdering and, you know, swore to go. But, like, Dahmer was, like, just, like, of all the ones we talk about, you know, choking and doing this and that, like, Dahmer was eating them. That was pretty creepy. That's definitely creepy. But being a clown and then putting bodies in your crawl space and burning them is awful, also creepy. That's also something I would not recommend. I'm not saying either one is normal behavior. No, yeah, I mean, they're, we're talking about that. They're just degrees I don't think there's any normal thing. behavior anywhere in this list. Who's the most normal serial killer? I mean, if they, if they why is it Bundy? I don't think I don't think if you're if you're if you're listed as a famous serial killer, I don't think the word normal can be found anywhere in the vocabulary of description. I mean, uh, what would be? <laughs> I mean, Bergwitz was just a postman. Yeah, well. I mean, it wasn't his fault the dog made him go insane. <laughs> Texture says, Trevor, you were afraid of what we were going, that we were going to judge you for watching some comedian when at one point, I believe you said that you had sat down and watched The Little Mermaid all the way through recently. Oh, yeah. No, that was early in the, the, the show days. It does shock me that that's what well, you were afraid of getting made fun of. <laughs> Not knowing Steve Byrne? Bringing up a comedian who is maybe well, a little cause... bit past his popularity. But like you're also you're, the things that you're willing to admit with no shame, I feel like are far more... Likely to get you made fun. Well, of. First of all, I don't see where there's shame in watching Little Mermaid. I'm, I'm not, I've, I'd never shamed you for that. And it was, I don't remember how it came up on this show originally. I don't know if it was because we were debating the song or what. It's probably, I'm gonna guess that it was me saying Sebastian the Crab under the sea is the greatest diss song of all time. And then you, and people, some people make that argument pretty frequently. Some people claim like what a whole new world or not whatever brand. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was like it's like the defining song of that. Yeah, and uh, what was what is the song people like to say? The, the one area part of your world, part of your world, yeah. And I'm with you on that one. And I think that led me to go, and I'm going to watch Little Murray when I get home. Which I forgot how short it was. It goes by so fast. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes, I feel like. Most of those Disney movies were. Yeah, they weren't very long. But no, I, I, don't, I don't find any shame in that. No, I mean. Texas, as a huge true crime fan, it does not romanticize him, the Dahmer movie. It's a very accurate portrayal of what happened. Well, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, how can you, how do you romanticize That, that was my question. I, <laughs> I keep seeing the Christmas. I'm like, how? <laughs> He was so gentle as he cut off their limbs. I mean, he he was he massaged their thighs as he sw- as he chewed on them, kissed their severed lips. Yeah, he gave them, he poisoned them instead of gave them a quiet death. I mean, how, how does 
he bought them flowers and then then, then he beheaded them. Texas says, I tried watching the Dahmer series but couldn't get through the first episode. It was too creepy and depressing for me since it really happened. Well, if that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not going to be an uplifting time <laughs> series. <laughs> so if that's, yeah, that's. Uh, that's Did Netflix do one on Bundy know that not going too long in. ago too as well? There was a, I believe a movie, because that was the one that they got like criticized for romanticizing him because who played him? It was like a, a hard yeah, Oh, yeah, they made him look it was like. The, was it, wasn't it Zac Efron? It was something, and people got on Twitter were like, he didn't really look like that. He looked like this. I'm like, I mean, what's your point? I mean, but okay. I think that was a movie, right? Yeah, it was. It was well, it was a, a miniseries, if anything, yeah. And I believe it was Zac Efron who was playing Ted Bundy. Who I just recently watched play the in the uh, longest beer run ever. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, who, who cares who plays him? That's not the point, really. The point is the, the actions that are being Well, the done. thing about Ted Bundy that always kind of bothered me is... He was supposedly considered a handsome man. Yeah, and like, when you watch the actual... He's not a handsome guy at all. Like, he's he's, he's uh, a, he just looks more normal than the serial killers that you're used to seeing. Like, he's not fat like John Wayne Gacy. He's not, like, demented. He's just kind of like a, a normal-looking dude. But You the, can be good-looking and demented, though. Yeah, you can, I, mean, I guess. But, like, when you have crazy eyes, I feel like it takes away from your attractiveness. <laughs> But she's got crazy eyes. Every actual video of Ted Bundy, like I'm expecting to see, like you know this this James Dean type or this just you know sweeping like you know George Clooney eyes. Like he he just looks like an average dude. I guess that's what. But average can be considered. Some people may consider. I mean that you know. I think you lower the bar given the circumstances. It's like a lot of times people will go crazy over the attractiveness of an athlete. When if they weren't an athlete, they would just be an average looking man or woman. But he was obviously silver tongued enough to be able to to get away with what he was able to do. And for sure. and and he was normal. Yeah, and he you don't have you can't be. I mean, I'm not saying he's you know a walking model, normal. but he wasn't. You know, Let me clarify. He was not normal. He was good at acting normal. Yeah, and he, but he was far from at least being you know like fugly to be able to do it for sure. Yeah. That's that. I think that's but like the may, whole may, like he was this suave, handsome, debonair man. I'm like, was he? well, you can be suave. You did not be handsome. Yeah, that's true. I mean, love of God, if I've convinced women to have sex with me, I mean, I'm clearly. Okay. I mean. Okay. And I look farther. I'm, I mean, I'm not even close to being Ted Bundy. I'd love to be Ted Bundy looks. Texas says all <laughs> kids had a uh, serial killer phase. I cannot say that, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, you had to have something in that ballpark. You did too, right? Like you mentioned true, you say true crime now, but I mean, even when as a kid, you got that had been something that was like that was really into that was that, weird. That was that would be considered weird. Yeah. Um. Probably. I, I just can't think of what it was. And I wasn't a kid. I mean, I was a teen. I mean, this was teenager Trevor. This was like 17, 18 year old Trevor when I got into a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm sure there was. I just, it, nothing comes to my mind. Like I, And it also, again, didn't help that it was just the situation I was in. Like, I'm, you know, five days a week, I'm sitting in this coffee shop and a, yeah. a bookstore board. And you can only read so many magazines and so many, and, you know, so many little things here and there. Uh, Texas, I absolutely need a mic and TK True Crime Podcast. It'd be fun. I don't know, I enjoyed it. I, I I still love reading about like you know serial you know murder stuff from back in the day. We talked about it. Uh, who was the one we talked about recently? We had the song named after her. Um, oh the um when it burned, they, they got she got uh, she was actually found innocent. She gave her, her thirty licks. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I mean, that's another one right there. I mean, oh my god, why I forgot that the last time we did this too. I know. I can remember. I can remember vaguely around it, but I can't remember the exact numbers. She, yeah, she, she hit. She killed her husband with like a with an axe. Yeah, and then killed like another like her. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me crazy. Father in law with an axe or something like that. I listened to a podcast about, have, about that one. I mean, then you have the the the, the Kansas story, the Tripote, you know, Tripute did. Lizzie, 
It's going to drop. Borden. 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 Yeah. Thank God. I was, I was going to have, I, I had a you moment. I was like, that's going to. <laughs> Todd Reese. That's going to kill me if I cannot think of it. But there's another one. Yeah. I mean, thing like that. Like I mentioned the, the Capote uh, book based on the Kansas murders. I mean, another one. I mean, these, and those aren't serial killers per se, but I don't know. Just all that kind of stuff always kind of, especially when he talk. I mean, Manson. I mean, there's another one he didn't even bring up. I don't know if he'd go under serial killer or not, but Charles Manson. The Truman Capote stuff is weird, fascination. Because in cold blood, what's the name of the the lead actor? Was it Robert Blake who ended up being coming a murderer himself? Yeah, he ended up kill, he killed him with a tripod. Yeah, that's a very, very strange thing. Yeah, he beat him to death, beat the, the lover to death with a tripod. Texas, all I listen to is True Crime Podcast. I joke with my wife that if I ever get arrested and they look through my listening history, they will swear that I'm some sort of sociopath. I always laugh at the... See, the weird thing is I don't get into the True Crime Podcast. Oh, I, I did. I, this is the one thing I'd rather read than actually listen to. Some of the podcasts are really, really interesting. Or watch, I guess. I do movies, but... I do love, like, like the... Uh, I think about this a lot. And I listened to more back in the day when I was like... I'd walk Penny, especially when I was off radio. Like I'd walk the dog for like an hour by myself, and I would just listen to podcasts. And... You know, you're like you're walking around like sunny day outside. You you pass a family you're like, hey, how's it going? And like in my ears, it's like, as the blows rained down upon her, her <laughs> severed body was dumped on the. It's, it's just I'm listening to the most gruesome bleep. Well, how's Sarah's kindergarten class going? <laughs> like I love your dog. Like no, oh, thank you so much. And then in my ears, it's like her severed body laid on the side of the road. I'm like, <laughs> this is just very different world. We can't wait to see Virginia and Mary at uh, tumble practice. I can't either. And I just cut off her limbs. How's Gracie doing? <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> Texas says, Ted Bundy, you mean Al Bundy. Think Tommy Boy. No, Tommy, Al Bundy's awesome. Texas says, uh, I know Trevor talked about this the other day about average point score in the fourth quarter in her set, so I did the math. Well, look at you. Thank well, you. Thank you. First quarter average in her Satterfield, 7.905 points per game. Okay. That's... Second quarter, nine points per, per quarter. Okay. Third quarter, third quarter is actually the least. Six point seven eight six. Fourth quarter, seven point five four seven. So he evenly kind of sucks throughout the whole game. Besides, the second quarter <laughs> is is the our best quarter. So if you're ranking the, the quarters in terms of points scored, second quarter is the best. First quarter is the second best. Fourth quarter is the third best. Third quarter is the worst. We do not come out of the half fired up, which has become a theme with basketball and football apparently. Yeah. There you go. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm like making that, that text of the day because you did the legwork. Yeah, you, it should tie with the guy who got the trivia right. But I'll, I'll well, we didn't do one yesterday, so we can do both. Okay, we'll let him have one. You one can have yesterday, and one can have yeah. today. Yeah. By the way, I, can, I I just I don't know why I Google just like famous serial killers. We when you were naming guys, you forgot to bring up your boy that you love, uh, the World's Fair guy. Oh, H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah, the first ever serial killer. Yeah, yeah. he comes up on. Uh, well, we on only the... we were bringing up. We we're trying to think of new serial killers. Recently, That's true. So yeah. I wasn't bringing up him. Yeah, the only one. And uh, and, Pat... he, and I don't think he's as famous. I, like I didn't really. I didn't even know who he was until you brought him up to my attention. So yeah, he's not as mainstream as like the because the sixties and seventies and eighties was when that stuff was selling, and that's when people were getting really into that's serial. A killers. Very good point. Yeah. Um and um, Patrick brought up the the. I don't know if this would count as serial killer, although it should. The DC sniper um, in the early 2000s. I was a senior in high school. The guy, I think his name. It was a father's son, wasn't it? No, it was a father and like a, he kind of like adopted this kid. It was like not technically a son. But it was some, okay, yeah. John Allen Muhammad is the the guy. I, the, the kid's I'd name, I couldn't remember. DC sniper. Yeah, I guess that would. Because, I mean, I, I don't think there should be like. A limit on like they take oh if you, if you don't kill at least six people you don't get I mean I don't think I would word it that I way I think they killed that many at least but, I mean that's yeah I would 
Ten people were killed. I would, I would, I would accept that. Yeah, that would probably. Be, I should have thought about that one. That would. That's a recent one. That when was that? Like early two thousands. It was 02, because it was my senior year of high school. Okay, yeah. Uh, that that fall. It was about yeah, this time. Yeah, people in certain areas were scared to even go pump gas. Lee Boyd Malva was the kid's name, and John Al Muhammad. He was, was shooting the, from like a makeshift uh, hole out of a side of a van. Wasn't they had he? a van. Yeah, it yeah. was a big thing. I, there was a really good podcast on that too that I listened to that was really interesting because the kid's still alive, and he basically was like indoctrinated. He came from a like a terrible situation. Well, they both um, went to prison, right? Muhammad is dead. Oh, he is? Okay. He got, I believe, was killed by lethal injection. Like, he was given the death penalty. And Malvo is still in jail. But his story, he was, like, born in Jamaica, had a terrible, like, upbringing, like, never had a father figure, was brought to America, was treated horribly, and, like, this guy basically, like, saw a easy target like yeah. took him under his wing and like, I've, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the it's, SVU. it's kind I've of seen, a sad story i've seen the story on svu yeah well there you go it's, i'm it's, sure they told it they do it once every season <laughs> trust me and every time ice d is shocked <laughs> he still doesn't get um i guess it was that well that was in maryland right yeah it was dc okay so I, i'm well well dc's technically not maryland yeah. yeah i was just curious when you said lethal injection because I, I always come curious to what state's still allowed the death penalty this like you was, can still go on death. Now, don't get me wrong. All 50 states have death row, but not all states still give the death. Like, you can go on death row in California and just sit there. Yeah, he was. He died in Virginia. Oh, Virginia, I know, does it? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, Virginia's. And again, this was back in. Virginia's borderline like Texas. And, this was 09. Yeah. Like Texas, Florida. There they are. Florida. Even though I, it sometimes baffles me that we still have one in Kentucky. We do. I mean, I think we've had one in the last probably few years, too, if I'm not mistaken. We do. Uh, the same texter who did the legwork on all the, the, the points per quarter. Love that person. says his best scoring in the fourth quarter was actually in 2020. We averaged 8.72 points per quarter. His worst year is this. Really? <laughs> his worst year is this year, which is easy to believe, through five games. We're averaging 4.6 points per quarter in the fourth. Ugh. And if you take out the Wake Forest, if you take out all of our Wake Forest games, which I mentioned last year, I feel like we scored a bunch <laughs> yeah. in Wake and Wake. If you take out all of our Wake Forest games, his fourth quarter scoring for all four years is down to 6.43. Points per quarter. So Wake is literally saving his. Wake is keeping a, it's a full point higher with the Wake Forest games included. So he's averaging less than if you can't don't take away he's averaging less than a touchdown in fourth quarter. That's not good. In four years, we've had twenty three fourth quarters in which we haven't scored a touchdown, either zero points or just field goals, and of forty two games played in the Saturday. That's out of forty two games played in the Satterfield era. So more than half. More we than have half. not scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. That's not good. We have not scored a touchdown in fifty seven percent of them. I just thought that was wildly intriguing and also confusing. That's well done. Again, text of the day, you win. Yeah, that, that was good. I appreciate the legwork, and yeah. also it kind of confirms what we were talking about yesterday, which is we've been. Bad in the fourth quarter yeah, versus Matt Satterfield, really, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the. I'm glad he was able to get the stats to back it up. But I mean, I think we kind of knew it without. I mean, we we said it yesterday. I mean, I don't have to look up the stats to tell you it's bad. And now we know we can confirm it's bad. It's bad. Texas, you thought puberty and bleeding a couch was rough. Just wait till that serial killer face. <laughs> That's a good text, uh, too. Good one too yeah. Text line's great. This is what we want from a Wednesday. This is great. Uh, text says, it w- that was a movie and it was Zach Efron. Thank you. I knew I wasn't going crazy. I never watched it. I don't know I why. Didn't either. I guess, I don't know. Like I said, with, has there ever really been good serial killer movies? Because Zodiac, they Mindhunter kinda, is, a, is a show about serial killers and it's good. What's a show about, though? I mean, like an actual like movie. Like They've done like nine Zodiac movies and they've all sucked. You know, like they did uh, Tom, uh, Spike, uh, Spike Jones did Son of Sam. And it was awful. Spike Lee, though? Yeah, Spike Lee, yeah. Spike it was not good. Yeah, it was not good, though. No. It was not. Texas, what about Toby the Strand Strangler? <laughs> Toby was not the Strand Strangler. There's been a few Stranglers. The There's been the Hillside Strangler. There's been the Boston Strangler. Yeah. The Boston, Jack, the, well, yeah, Boston Strangler. 
Hillside Strangler and then Jack the Ripper didn't strangle. He he uh, cut people up. They say side note to the show on Netflix. I'm a murderer is really interesting. I haven't heard of it, but I mean, oh, did you ever finish Only Murders in the Building? I'm still I'm I got two, a, episode and a half left. Damn, Hocus Pocus 2 slowing you down. I have not watched any more of Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> I wanted to watch uh, my boy Woman Yama play last night. Thanks to that, uh, I tried. Thanks to the, uh, that may have sounded a little silly. About the, this is the person Jackson and said the Dahmer series was too creepy. That may have sounded a little silly, but after watching some of it, you probably will get what I'm saying. It's just a lot. I might try watching it again because it's supposed to be really good, but I got to prepare myself. Hey, I, I mean, I it's more of a documentary, though, right? I think it's a drama series. That, that's that's where I'm like I'm, that's where I'm like that's where I was talking about those type of those are the ones that I don't think they've ever been done really well. With, with we'll killer. see. Terrence Trevor is currently in his stealing other people's cats phase. Hashtag bring war home. <laughs> that ain't happening. Texas My mom I, loves that damn cat way too much, and I'm mad about it. Texas says I read Helter Skelter when I was a teenager. By far scarier than anything else I've read, fiction or nonfiction. Helter Skelter. Yeah. If you haven't heard the, I mentioned the, the, the podcast about the Golden Gate Strangler. Like, they have the, I think it's called... What is it with San Francisco and Strangling, man? Yeah, I think it's called, like, Thief in the Night, something like that. Um, I, I can't I, I'll look it up during the break. Because it is, it's one of the few pieces of audio that has, like, really, really creeped me out. Because they play the clips that he, like, leaves on these young women's answering machines, where he's, like, he'll call them, and they would record because they knew it was him calling. And he's, like, breathing heavily and, like, being like, I'm going to kill you. And, like, it, it's just – it's very, very unnerving. The whole thing is, is terrifying. Right, it is. Yeah, and I'm glad he's in jail now. I saw the – I read it. I think the, he died uh, in jail. I don't remember what movie it was. It was on VHS back in the day, and this is way back in the day. But it was, like, a it was like a, a, a documentary or something on, like, Manson, and it involved actual, like, uh, like uh, crime scene photos and I've stuff. I've seen those. It's just – I mean, it's, yeah. It's bad. It was, Especially when you see it back. I mean, that was probably, like, mid-'90s when I'm writing this video. Right there, were faces of fear. You remember faces of fear? Yeah, I never, I, I never. We had we had a few of those in Mr. Dench's back room, and we got watched. I mean, that those are just. I knew people who did. I could. Ne I would never. Disturbing in a half. Yeah, I never. I, I never had the stomach for that. No, I couldn't either. No. Texas Seven was a great killer movie, but unless you guys are just talking about movies based on real life serial killers, yeah, oh, Seven was awesome. Seven is great, but it's not based on a real no serial killer. I'll take a break when we come it back. Is awesome. More text line insanity. Maybe we can revisit some of the basketball conversation from the first hour. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sucks line. Before we take a break, though, uh, again, if you have financial needs, there's only one place to go. And it starts with a word that we can't use with the Louisville football program, and that word is trust. Make every dollar that you have count with our friends at First Bankers Trust. First Bankers Trust works with you individually to help you meet your financial goals. They offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. If you want to find out more about what they can do for you, go to firstbankerstrust.com. Financial success, football success, basketball success, avoiding serial killers. It all starts with trust. First Bankers Trust. We'll go to break. We'll come back. Hour number three is on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 The Big X. I found you. I picked you 
honestly, it kind of fits with the serial killer theme. Don't. Don't, don't you want me? <laughs> this is one of the creepiest songs ever written. This, I can I can literally be listening. I can see this being played in the background of a serial murder. Yes. Like, I mean, this is. <laughs> I know that the term gets tossed around a lot these days. Most people usually, assume Phil Collins when they hear like a serial killers going on, but this is very. It's a very. The word gets tossed around too much these days, but it's a very like groomer song. Like I made you who you are. I found you. You deserve to worship me for the rest of your life, you young lady. And then at least they tell her perspective. But even her, even from her perspective, she's like, I still love you. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, Don't it's a, it's a creepy song. Want, I mean, I could see her. I could see the, I could see a woman down like, uh, you know, like Silence of the Lambs down the, down the, the, the well. And the guy up, upstairs singing around, probably, you know, tucking Still in. Still ruined American Girl tuck, for me. Tucking in between the legs going, don't you want me, baby? Don't you want me, baby? The weird thing is. Try, great big fat lady. Try watching an episode of Monk and seeing that the guy who plays Buffalo Bills is the, uh, the, the lead, like, good guy detective. Oh, he is? Yeah. I did not know T- that. Uh, Ted Levine, I think his name is. The better, the more popular Levine these days. I mean, he is. I liked Monk. That was that was a, that was like a guilty pleasure show. Somehow less creepy than Adam in 2022. <laughs> well done. Speaking of creepiness, I, I know this bugged me earlier. <laughs> Great transition. Samuel Little, the name of the serial killer who is somehow known as like one of the most prolific ones. He killed. He claimed he killed 93 people. Jeez. In 30 years, and he was found here in Louisville and then died in the Louisville prison here. Was like, this relatively recent? Else. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> that's that's that, an issue. He died in 2020. So okay. I feel like I remember a story about that, but like the name, I remember seeing it the on name the did news. not resonate with me at all. Yeah. No, the name still didn't recognize with me. I had to Google serial killer Louisville, Kentucky to, to, for it to pop up because I remember seeing it on the news and them talk. Like one of the news stations did like a story on it. And they did like a small interview with him. And uh, I think he passed just, it wasn't obviously uh, execution. I think it was just um, just old age, I think. Other names, Samuel McDowell, The Choke and Stroke. Okay. Let's <laughs> Five o'clock hour. I, this, is why, this is why I don't read tweets. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> That's, because, I mean, what a great tagline for the for one of the movies, though. If you missed the beginning of the show, we talked a little sports here. Uh, we, we had a basketball conversation. I, I talked a little bit about uh, watching the Victor Wimbiana versus Scoot Henderson show last night on ESPN2. Uh, we also talked about the some little tidbits on Kenny Payne's team and what the starting lineup might look like if the season started today based on the college basketball almanac, which is now out. Um, I also have to mention, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but Kenny Payne yesterday offered five-star center Flory Padunga, Badunga from the class of 2024, he's a top five prospect in this class. One of the people talk about him as like one of the better big men uh, to come out in recent years as, as a recruit. We'll see how that uh, tra- how that translates. Also, I, I I meant to talk about this a little bit, but Wes Miller is killing it at Cincinnati right now. Is and he? last night, that's a segue from Stroke Killer Talk. Yeah, I, I think last night he officially brought the rivalry back, at least to me, because they got a commitment from, and you know how near and dear this player is to my heart. Mm-hmm. Jizzle James from the uh, 2023 yes, class. Edrin's yes, son. Yes, yes, Edrin's kid. More importantly, his name is Jizzle. And I wanted to be your a name, by the way. I, yeah, it's not his birth certificate. Not clever. I, <laughs> I wanted him to be a Cardinal for obvious reasons. The jokes would have written themselves, and that would have been fine. We could have fully leaned into our, our brand at this point, and that would have been, would have been fine. And instead, he goes to 
an old arch rival. But Wes Miller also today, he's making savvy plays. Like all these kids that are like, Cincinnati is suddenly popping up on these lists of, of five stars, top twenty players, and they're they're including Cincinnati along with like the Dukes, Carolinas, and Kentuckys of the world, which is making me I don't like that. But now they have hired Drew Adams to be their associate AD for men's basketball. And, and Drew Adams is the son of Mark Adams, who runs the Indiana Elite program. And Indiana Elite is the AAU program that Flory Badunga plays for, who's this five-star big man that we just offered that we want to get in on. I saw his name, yeah. All ties together. This is a savvy move. This is It's not a guarantee that they're going to get this kid, but it certainly does not hurt their chances. Wes Miller knows how to play the game. I mean, he's a North Carolina guy. I yeah. thought he was going to be the head coach two years from now. That may have taken uh, – well, well, Herbert Hubert stepped it up a little bit at the end of last year. So now – Don't put the cart before the horse here on this one. It's, yeah, so now it's looking like Hubert may more, – more job security than I was thinking. I Hubert could have a bad year this year, and they'll be ready to run him out on a rail again. It could be another yeah. – I mean, Carolina's been down that road before mm-hmm. where the new guy hits it big early on and then doesn't really hit it big after that. And, uh, you know, UConn had – they thought Kevin Ollie was going to be there forever after he won a national title Ollie's in year two. Ollie's the best example. No, Carolina really didn't have because Doherty didn't really hit it big. He did it on recruiting, but he never really won. No, what was his name? Uh, uh, Guthridge went to the, the Final Four, and then yeah. he, he retired just because he was. Yeah, it was, he was Guthridge was like ninety years old. Yeah, I'm too mean. old. This was fun for a couple of years. Uh, but did go to the he did go to the Final Four as an eight seed. He like, did. He did like, uh, like Hubert did. But Wes Miller, I don't like the fact that Cincinnati now is becoming a big time player in recruiting. That they're I don't like it close either. enough. They're they're too, they're too close to us in proximity. They now have. I, I guess they can. They can play the Big 12 card, right? We're not in the AAC anymore. We're going to be playing big-time basketball. You, you want to go play in Fog Island Fieldhouse? Come to Cincinnati. And this is a another competitor that we have in this area. I want Wes Miller out of there. I, I want him going to a bigger program sooner rather than later. I would agree with that. I, I am not a fan of Cincinnati. Um, Never have been. Maybe Never will because, be. you know, I've been there. So, I mean, I have reasons not to like it. And then uh, I'm not going to. Uh, their chili sucks. Their basketball team is a bunch of punks. And I, I – just, yeah, I don't want to see Cincinnati do well at all in anything. Go Reds. Except, well, I mean, I don't have to root for the, I don't have to root against the Reds. They just pretty much do that themselves. You're not wrong. <laughs> Here's something to blow Look, Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green <laughs> combined for the highest percentage of strikeouts among two rookie starters in the last 30 years of Major League Baseball. We're going to the World Series next year. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Yes. If you see the name Al Capone trending, you click on it. What do you expect to see as the headline? Like some relative of his has, is giving some insight into his mob days or like has some sort of, you know, piece of mob history. That's that's what I would think. I clicked on it. Okay. And the first thing that pops up. Vault. This is a great stat, by the way. Okay. Was not expecting what, it to be a stat. Didn't expect it to see Al Capone's name either. Al Capone is the reason we have expiration dates on milk bottles. Mm. After his niece became extremely ill from bad milk, the powerful Chicago gangster lobbied aggressively for expiration dates to be put on milk for the safety of children and pregnant women. I don't know what I was expecting. I was I not, did, expecting, was not expecting Exactly. I mean, I, you could have let me guess a thousand times and never would that have been what, what I would have guessed. Now, can I ask? I don't know why it's come up. I'm sure there's other re- people tweeting about him for other reasons, but... That's the first so thing that pops from Twitter up. because you didn't clarify why that came to your mind or why you brought yeah, it up just, after I, a I just Cincinnati have... basketball discussion, <laughs> and well, that's what where you decided to take the conversation. Well, I was listening to the basketball, and I'm I'm looking at Twitter. I'm, I'm so reading the, the trendings. You didn't look at the botanist who was fed to crocodiles. I actually did click on that, but I didn't go that deep into it. Okay, because it came up a picture that looked like the Duck Dynasty, and I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Those, those guys are done. <laughs> they're out of here. But I did click on Better Off Dead was trending too. You know, I love that movie. 
Okay. It was apparently trending because somebody gave two dollars to somebody, and everybody was like, "Hey, it's like Better Off Dead." The the running joke in Better Off Dead is the the paper boy chasing down John Cusack doll movie, screaming, "I want my two dollars!" Mm. Because he owed him two dollars for the newspaper. Geraldo's trending. <laughs> That's Al. Cap- it's got to be Al Capone linked. Probably. It's got to be because he's. I mean, we think Geraldo. You think people? Oh, it's hate not. Him. He's it, taking shots at Ron DeSantis. I was going to say, it's either, there's two things that, that, that Toronto gets now. It's Al Capone's vault or being like pro-Trump on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, but he's taking shots. I guess he's taking shots at DeSantis because he's, he doesn't want him to run against Trump. Interesting. I guess so. I don't know. DeSantis is the guy in Florida, right? Yeah, he's saying he's going to soon feel the wrath of Latino voters. <laughs> <laughs> that exact quote, by the way. As upset as I am right now That's about— hilarious. I love yeah, that. As upset as I am right now about the current state of Louisville football, I am dreading getting into full <laughs> presidential election discourse. Like those days are going to be like I, I, those stories are going to be just insufferable. It's I mean, going to be it's going to be ten times worse than it's ever been this year. Wait, but, but, or this we've got a few, we still got a few years though. Is it when was the next one's in twenty four? Right, right. But like next year, it's going to start really ratcheting up. Yeah, is, are we looking? Is it Biden Trump again? I mean, DeSantis is going to be a major player. I think he. If I had to guess, I think he's going to wind up winning the nominee. That's my bold prediction here on October 5th, 2022. And I would not be shocked if he wound up being the next president. And Biden, I assume, would, I mean, it's been I, a long time since a, a Sounds president like he's probably going to run. Who's the last, I think we've asked this question before, but who's the last sitting president not to run? I think it was Coolidge, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it was Coolidge because he did the, because uh, it was the Seinfeld line was ripped off of him, the I choose not to run. Well, Lyndon Johnson didn't run. Remember, and he was after Coolidge. That's true, I guess, yeah. I know Coolidge had that line. You know, you, you've seen the, the race sign for that. Of course. I that, choose not to run. That was that was based off a Kevin Coolidge quote. I did not know. I never knew that. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'll watch for you. What do you I always say? I choose not to uh, run. Yeah. And it was because he, I guess, because he, he did the same quote in a newspaper when he chose not to run for pre- re- election president. Right. Lyndon Johnson did it, I guess, too. That might have been the last one then, I guess. Texas says message board post. Mike Rutherford says he wants West Miller out at Cincinnati <laughs> and in at Louisville. <laughs> Don't do that. AJ <laughs> Johnson, in. In. Texas says his name is Jizzle. Why would you name your kid that? <laughs> is it a modern boy named Sue? Edron James just could do whatever he wanted to. Does somebody actually think we, that's his Christian name? <laughs> it's Ed, not. I mean, the only people I think would do that would be like Kanye, right? Even Kanye. I mean, like, I could see him naming his kid something like Chisel. Yeah. <laughs> My mom texted and said, that's not true. Milk bottles had no expiration dates when I was little. I don't think there were any regulations until 1973. Well, first of all, Mother Rutherford, you're, like, you're, you're trying to tell us you've been as old as Al Capone? Well, no, she's saying when she was young. Oh, they didn't have it. I mean, Al Capone died in 1947. Why do you have the exact year like that? Because I, I pulled it up because I was oh, okay. looking that at was, No, was, I don't have that knowledge yeah. just right at the forefront of my brain. It's amazing. I was about to be really impressed. No. Like, damn, dude. Who knows the exact year that Al Capone was died? Syphilis, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty it's sure he died syphilis. 47. That's all I can yeah. tell you. But we got uh, we have Virginia Rutherford, OG Virginia Rutherford, calling BS on the Al Capone story. Calling BS. Oh, man. Call him out. Yasuku 1000 at Yasuku 1000. <laughs> she don't like you. <laughs> By the way, the the uh, the Golden State Killer, Golden Gate Killer was the uh, the, the the podcast I'm talking about. Is I'll be gone in the dark. Okay. So if you want to check that out, it's it is terrifying, but it's also incredibly well done. Okay. I appreciate the text line texter who said that. 
Um, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line, by the way. We've we've gotten loose. We, we talked basketball in the first hour, but we said this at the beginning of the show. It's Wednesday. We've had a couple of doom and gloom days reacting to the Boston College loss and looking ahead to the future. And we just kind of want to you – know, we'll get back into doom and gloom stuff when we have to talk about this weekend on Friday. But for today <laughs> – When we cheered up like serial killers and we wanted milk to get, expiration. We and... wanted to get away from the doom and gloom, <laughs> so we asked the Thornton Sacks line to direct the conversation to get us – we said anything you want to talk about, bring up some topics, brings up some, some questions, some concerns, whatever you got. And somehow we ended up with a 30-minute conversation about serial killers – and still, honestly, it made me feel better. It's still happier than it's still cheering. It's still, more, it's still more cheery than the football program. It's the most fun I've had on the show this week. So I'm not gonna. I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> Texture says five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Dear God, I usually really like serial killer serial killer discussion, but I'm having an early dinner here. I've had to turn the volume on and off like six <laughs> different times. Same texture says. Okay, it's it's Halloween month. Okay, there you go. The Exorcist is the goat of horror movies. People were passing out and vomiting in the theater. Can anyone name another that should be the goat of horror films? Well, I think like the I'm I'm this is not my my forte because I'm not a big horror film. You're guy. not. I mean, I, but I do recognize. I mean, but there's like a, there's a group. It's not just The Exorcist that I think people when when they think Halloween movies, horror movies. I feel like you get Friday the Thirteenth. I feel like you get Halloween. I feel like you get certainly The Exorcist. I, I think those three come up very consistently. I think of movies that have like impact. I mean, like The Omen comes to mind. I mean, I know that, that may not be a different guy scary. Um, I I did not like the movie, but I think Blair Witch Project has is, is a spot. And when you talk about it, was a huge thing for that year. And it was, year. and I thought the movie was dumb when I saw it. But I mean, I get. But the impact it had, especially your early internet days, and I'm, you're in that mix area between like. Some people have internet, some don't. People didn't know if it was real or not. Yeah, exactly. That was a real thing. When, like, when I, was in, I was in fifth grade, I think, when it came out. People were le- legitimately debating it. Um, and Scream I, had a big time sc- effect. I think Scream I think Scream brought back an entire genre. The, sla- the, the teenage slasher film genre had been dead for almost 10, no pun intended, had been dead for, you know, what, almost 10 years when Scream came around. And like re- now, I mean, we're still getting them yearly, right? Yeah. Uh, and the same thing can be like with The Ring. I think, I think The Ring kind of helped open up another... Horror genre of those type of movies. Most of those were like the genre of we're gonna just go to Japan and steal one of their good movies and turn exactly. it American. Which hell, it got it got it got what's his name uh, the Departed a uh, an Oscar by doing that. Uh, so, but I, I, think, I think a Nightmare on Elm Street's also up there too. I, yeah, I wonder, I, again, I'm not saying like personal preference. I'm just saying like most known would, Halloween horror I think, movies. I, when I if I'm a if, when I lump the '80s group together, the Jason Friday Thirteenth is. To me, like the 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 head of them all, because it, I think it came out first amongst them, and it was so successful on a, such a small budget mm-hmm. when it first came out. I want to say what seventy nine, maybe seventy eight, maybe it was early eighties. Maybe I know was, the original Halloween was seventy eight because I see that stupid T shirt everywhere. It's all over my Instagram ads. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Friday Thirteenth was before Halloween. I could be wrong though. They might have been the same year. Um, Friday Thirteenth was after. It was nineteen eighty. Okay, so it was a little after. That's so. I've seen that one, but I've never really watched all the Halloweens. But I, th- I think if you're asking like an average person, like we're doing a Halloween movie marathon, we want the classics. What are you going with? I feel like people are saying they're definitely saying The Exorcist. They're definitely saying Halloween. They're definitely saying Friday the Thirteenth. And I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street is probably like the fourth one. That I they think go I guess with. it also depends on. Like I said, there's. I mean, you have Amityville Horror. I was. I always thought it was a creepy one. Yeah, but again, I'm just talking about like most known. Like yeah, the, yeah, that's true. The ones that you immediately think of. I think those four. 
are up there. And and you know, then you get into discussions like Scream and and, and certainly Blair Witch Project and more recent stuff. Um, what was what was one like the, the kind of like scared like you were scared when you watched as a kid? No, it wasn't necessarily a. And I didn't. And mine's gonna be weird because I didn't get into these again very much, especially as a child. So this freaked me out. Like, when I, like when I was little, and I don't think I ever sat down and watched the movie until I got old enough to like not be scared of it. But like the Child's Play movies, the Chucky play, Chucky movies. We'd always yeah. go to Blockbuster and I'd see the covers. That freaked me out a little bit. Well, it's a kid with a knife. It's a, it's it's a doll. It was, it was yeah. well, like six years old. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Well, my sister was strangely fast. My sister loves horror movies. Like she, she'll like rank a hundred horror movies every year. She goes through this whole thing. And when she was like three years old, she's like wanted to watch Child's Play. She's like, I want to rent that. I want to watch. So it. amazing that somebody came up with that idea like in 1988, and to today it's still making money off of it because it's a television series now. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's on USA. There's like a, a offset of the uh, the series of the movie. The only like the uh, I see commercials for it all the time on USA. That's why the scariest movie, and I, I will stand by this forever. The, the movie that has scared me, scarred me for life more than any other, is a movie called Fire in the Sky. It's about a guy. It's like based on a true story about a guy who got allegedly abducted by yeah, aliens. Travis. Exactly. Travis um, uh, uh, Doman or something like that. I, that's right. My dad interviewed yeah. him back in the day. Yeah. For, I know the something. movie. I've seen it. Yeah. It's horrifying. Is it D.B. Sweeney that plays him or something in that movie? I couldn't tell you. Okay. But, but like, I, I saw that when I was probably too young to see it, the, the actual abduction scene. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I still, aliens are my biggest fear. Still my biggest fear to this day. Aliens don't, and I know that movie. Terrified. It, it was out in the, it was up in like Washington Ugh. or something. Because he was a, he was a lumberjack. Heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Uh, like, that's, See, I, I didn't get into like to me like as a kid like to me scary was like seeing the the uh, the librarian in the beginning of Ghostbusters scared like but Jesus out of me. That was very scary when sure. I was when I was like you know five years old seeing that. I think it scared everybody. So I didn't get I was but I was never big in the horror movies. But the one movie that like made me give me I guess I don't want to use the word scared but the the, the jump scares because I don't, I want to say I'm, I mean at some point you know you you're not gonna get scared watching a movie once you're past like you should be like past like ten yeah but you get jump scares you know what that, yeah. You know, and the ring did it to me. The ring, the ring was scary. I thought that in high school. It didn't help that we. I remember we rented it, and I remember renting it, thinking this is the stupidest concept I've ever heard. And we got the most stickiest, ickiest stuff. And me and my buddies, like, I mean, we're just blown. And then we watched this movie, and it was. It, I've lights had a similar out, experience. With, lights with out, a not scary movie. Lights out. It scared the crap out of us. Like it was like I don't like. It just still freaks me out. Yeah, still kind of freaks me out when I watch it. I, I mean. A woman come out of TV and she's got the hair. Also underrated is Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid's a good movie. I've said this before. There's a scene in that movie. Still not better than Ernest Goes to Camp, though. That's still the best one. I love Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, no. But there's a scene in Ernest Scared Stupid where he roll, the, the kid rolls over in bed. And, like, the evil troll, like, the, the, the creepy-looking troll is right there, like, staring him face to face. There was a period in my childhood where every time I rolled over in bed, I expected to see that son of a like, like right there staring me directly in the face. Kind of a large Marge moment. Exactly. Large Marge scared the crap out of me too. That was a, the same type of scene. I, I, that I, you can thank that movie for never having me hitchhike. Like I'm not getting <laughs> that movie accomplished anything. It did that. We danced him up again, but trucker my name Large Marge picking me up on the highway. There was also there was a I can't remember the name of the movie. It was Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. Um, it's something like it's like Down Below or something. And sounds just, intriguing. Yeah. Um, Eyes wide shut. It's below something. Are you talking about the one where she's supposed to be dead and her kids? Yeah. The others. No, not 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 that. That was, what lies beneath? 
is the is the movie. That oh yeah, we're with uh, Harrison Ford. Exactly. We watched that How do movie. I, know this? I don't know. That's it's impressive actually. We watched that movie in, in an altered state to go <laughs> yeah. back to your story. Sticky, yeah. And like it was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. They'll do it. Like we saw something weird walking back from one friend's house to another and like we were completely freaked out. And we told all our friends, like, this is one of the, the scariest movies of all time. And everybody came over and we watched it in a non altered state, and it was not scary yeah. at all. <laughs> it was the least well, scary two hours of my entire life. I mean, the ring still is creepy, but it The Ring was it, definitely scary. Yeah, but it did yeah, I didn't get the jump scares that I did but from that same night it was when I was probably what, like maybe twenty years old watching that movie for the first time uh well that's the one where harrison ford's having the affair exactly. and the woman yeah. like he kills her and she possesses the other woman's body or something like that yeah haunts him yeah now troy our boss i'm glad I was listening to this segment says that yeah. <laughs> says what lies beneath really freaked him out the first time i saw it i was very freaked out second time it, i was like was this because the scene was also different i remember we were, we were trying to explain it we're like the setting was different it was very dark because basement's not <laughs> yeah. light we have too many people here you guys are making jokes like it was i promise it was scary it was yeah you had to be there like I, nowadays like i can't imagine like, without being like you know self-help and medical help like i can't see like being like a scare movie making me give me good jump scares anymore oh, i think i can still I guess scared. I could. Like you could get one jump. I mean, there's always you can have that one moment, but I mean, like, like I don't know. The text line right now is at like Satterfield out for blood numbers. Like people are just just chiming in everywhere. Uh, Texas says I'll be gone in the dark. The serial killer thing. Yeah, people, people are all that. Everybody, I told, I told you, everybody was desperate for a distraction today. I read the room correctly. You're well, you're welcome. Texas says I'll be gone in the dark is also a great docu series on HBO. All of it started from Patton Oswalt's late wife. That's right, uh, Michelle McNamara. She wrote the book. She, she, uh, sadly, she died at like two years before they caught this guy. And he like continued the work uh, to help get him. Um, Texture says also Hereditary is the new modern horror. Highly recommend for horror fans. It's scary as bleep. Hereditary is great. I saw that. See, I'm not, if it's a new one, I mean, I love the recommendations, but I'm probably not going to watch it because it's just. I only do it during this time of year because my sister will get me into it. I try to get in the spirit. I liked Hereditary a lot. I liked It Follows a lot a couple of years ago. I thought that was really good. What's the, um, I've never seen the Saws. I don't know if those are horror movies. I've yet. seen the first one. That was it. What was, there was one, uh, I'll see the previews and like, I'll be like intrigued by like the concept of the horror movie, but yeah, I just don't want to watch it. And like, what was the one I think saw recently that kind of grabbed my attention, but I, I never watched it. it was like Black Phone or something. Like it was like some creepy movie. Texas probably know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. I, have you, I don't know if you noticed this. The baseball games recently, they're they're doing like the viral promotion of a movie called Smile. Like they'll have somebody sitting behind home plate. Having, Isn't it a Doctor Giggles reboot? I have no idea. They, they have people sitting behind home plate with a very creepy smile, and they, they won't move. They'll sit motionless, staring blankly at the camera for like five straight innings, and then they'll hold up a picture and it says like Smile. And it's for this movie that comes out where it's like smile. It's like once you've seen the smile, it's already too late. It's a, it, I'm I'm more curious about the movie than I would be if they weren't doing this. Yeah. It's well done. Uh, TJ texted in. Let's see what TJ has. TJ's about. a big horror fan movie. He said, Mike, you should listen to the podcast on the making of The Exorcism. It's really good and spooky. Lots of weird and tragic things happen during the shooting. I love the horror talk. I'm all like, I, I will definitely listen to that. I listened to the one about the the making of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was like it, it kind of intertwined the actual events that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was based on. And the making of the movie where, like, dudes got, like, sliced with an actual chainsaw on accident. Like, they, everything went horribly wrong. Pretty low-budget movie. Not surprised it was. there were accidents. Yeah, they were I working mean. in, like, the, the, everybody was overheating because they were working in, like, ridiculously hot situations. Yeah. Like, that podcast was really good. I'll listen to the one that TJ's talking about, too, because that sounds interesting. Now, I would almost be intrigued more by watching, do uh, not maybe the podcast, because I'm more of a, a visual than I am listening person, but 
like watching a documentary on the making of some of these old school movies would probably intrigue me more than actually watching said movie. Texas says, uh, have y'all seen Hereditary? It's really spooky. A good one for your holiday season if you haven't seen it. And then also says, I like that the Rutherford on Big X experience started with TK borderline denying smoking weed. And now the man is talking about how stoned he was for the ring. You did kind of start off like like being like, allegedly this. Would I happen. was like, told to walk on eggshells and eventually I was just like, yeah, screw it. Stop caring. Texas says, Mike, don't watch any scary movies. Your heart can't take it, and we need you to get us through He's basketball season. He's got a very if, good point there. We, we need you to get through basketball season if we suck. Yeah, you you, you might not be. You even, you, maybe you should stay away from horror I, mean, I probably should, at least until I get this next checkup done. 11 days. 11 uh, days? It's only been, you've been waiting six months, right? Oh, my God. I, the stories I could tell. The stories <laughs> I could tell I about these like, last. I feel like you're holding one of those like, like little number cards, too. And it's like... <laughs> I you're like Beetlejuice. You remember Beetlejuice when he goes to I'm at my weekend. He's holding the number and it's like four million two hundred eight. It looks up and then some of the counters on six. <laughs> when they called me a few weeks ago and they're like, We need you to get you scheduled for this, and I was like, I I've been scheduled for this seven times. And they're like, Well, you're not on our records. I was like, I'm I'm calling somewhere else. I I, I gotta, I've gotta You make weren't even on the records? <laughs> it's happened like fifteen different times. Like if if they find out that I have like a gigantic heart defect, which my last test came back as abnormal. It's been like three months now. I'm gonna be very pissed. I'm gonna be even more pissed if I'm dead. I'm gonna haunt. I, the, gonna be dead. I will haunt the hell out of these I'm people. I'm not mean to laugh. If they you. got me killed because they couldn't properly get their system together. It's, it's driving. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh man, we're getting we're pulling out that half a year of law school, and Mary and me are gonna take on that lawsuit. We're gonna, we're gonna win. Well, neither one of you went to law school. I'm the one who did, and I'd be dead. I've watched a lot of SVU. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she like I think she, I think I saw Legally Blonde in her list of movies. She knows the thing. We have a new babysitter coming over Friday because uh, we needed extra help. Uh, Mary's parents are how, on a vacation. How do you go about hiring a new babysitter these days? Word of mouth. Like you, you have friends that have had them, and like now they don't need them anymore because their kids are a little bit older. Or, like you know somebody. So this isn't something you find like on Craigslist. You can, or... but like ours have all been for, through word of mouth, and we've been okay. very fortunate. We've had great babysitters, but this one is going to U of L Law School. And nice. I was like, oh, I'll ask her if she uh, she needs any advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my old briefs back out. Uh, I think I still have the folder on my computer somewhere. She'll ask me what my GPA was, and then I'll stop uh, I'll, I'll stop, stop giving her help. Texas says, uh, <laughs> that freaking music video for the Black Hole Sun used to creep me out with oh, the big eyes and the big hey, smiles. Man. I don't know what they're talking about. I'll be honest with you. I, I know a lot of people like the song, and I was never really big into Soundgarden to begin with, even though I like Spoonman. I hated that song only because that video I'm with that texture. That video creeped me out. It had the woman with the giant smile and she's chopping the head off the fish and oh yeah, it's just texture also says and I totally agree with this. Amen too. to that texture. Good call. Same texture. I, I agree with this one. The supernatural, demonic, paranormal type movies scare me. The Exorcism of Emily Rose was the last scary movie I watched. Those scare me way more than like the slasher. Oh cut, yeah, cut them up movies. Like, I agree. If they mess with your mind, that's where I get a little. That's where I get freaked out. I agree with that too. Yeah. Uh, Plummy Bro. Won. I forgot about Emily Rose movie. That movie supposedly didn't do very well, though. I can never tell if Plummy Bro is texting us about our actual show or if this is for KRC. <laughs> it's usually for KRC, but sometimes like he'll it'll, it'll be a reaction to something that we're actually talking about. It's kind of a there. fun game to do. Is it us or him? Could it be? Let's find out today it, on what is Plumley Bro talking to? He says, "What are y'all's thoughts on the mascot for the Denver Nuggets making six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year? His name is Rocky. I've seen this. Okay, that's, that is random, by the yes. way." Maybe for KRC. Even for that. But it fits with our our, our theme today, which it is does. Random Wednesday. I saw the, the – I was shocked by the, the – the, the, there was a graphic of, like, the highest paid mascots. Really? And the Denver Nuggets mascot makes $625,000 a year. That is insane, by the way. 
I like the comparison that aren't Di- the student mass aren't, aren't the like university mascots aren't they just like students who just like volunteer for it? It's like a club, yeah. Yeah. Diana like Taurasi, the highest paid uh, player in the WNBA, makes two hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. This year. guy makes three. T- <laughs> the second highest paid mascot. Four times her amount. Which I would have guessed like. The gorilla from the Phoenix Suns. That, that is the first one. Really fanatic. Yes, the the gorilla because that's the person you think of seeing him jump on the trampoline doing dunks, right? Exactly. So the gorilla, whose name is Go, Go the gorilla, makes two hundred k. Harry the Hawk of the Atlanta Hawks makes six hundred k. No one even shows up to watch him. I couldn't have told you what the, the hawk mascot name was. I mean, I knew it was a hawk. I mean, I wouldn't have guessed his name. I would have. I didn't know the gorilla's name either. Though. I would have had a strong guess that it was a hawk. But I would not I mean, have been able to tell you what his name. I was. mean, if I gave you, if I gave you thirty-two chances or thirty chances, to name all thirty NBA mascots, you probably couldn't name them. But they all have like names, and then but they're all like they're you know like the Bulls are Benny the Bull. Yeah, they all, all have like names, but they're the actual mascot. I think the well, the Pacers is Boomer. Yes. So Benny the Bull makes four hundred k. He's the third highest paid mascot. The Gorilla makes two hundred k, and then Hugo, who is the Hornet for the Charlotte Hornets. Makes 100K. The shocking thing about all this is all these franchises, besides the Bulls, I guess, just and maybe the Suns in recent years, suck. Maybe they need to be taking some of this mascot money and putting it to actual like, like betterment of their franchise. I mean, are, is this is is the money is like part of an inflation of like where they live? Like you know, you live in a you know somewhere where you know like the money you're gonna make more in Denver than you would maybe in you know Milwaukee. The, I don't care where you Rocky the 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 Nuggets mascot should not be making six hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Does irritate me. And now I get they do. Well, they do do a lot though. I mean, they travel and they travel with the team. And it's, he works like half a year. Uh, well, he's a mascot. I don't know. He stays in shape. I mean, six hundred and twenty five k. Do you know how hard? I mean, that's, that's what, more than like Damian <laughs> Lee was making with the, the damn World Champion Warriors the last couple I of mean, years. I mean, no offense, Damian, but Rocky was probably more entertaining people. Than, than I don't know. <laughs> What does Rocky do? I've never been to a Nuggets game. Maybe Rocky is just crazy. Good. I think I think Rocky. I think I picture him right there with the gorilla doing the dunks because he's got the one with the, the like the weird looking tail, doesn't he? I think it's like a it looks like a lightning bolt tail. I don't know. I mean, that's Texas. The woman who played Emily Rose is from Louisville. Uh, she also played Dexter's sister. She is. She went to Sacred Heart. We looked her name the last time we talked. Well, Emily Rose is based on a true story, though, wasn't it? It is. Which, that one did creep me out too. Yeah, I remember. Just, I remember the movie just being like falling flat in terms of. Texter says, this is a good text, too. I love callback text. It says, just give Mary a year. She'll be an awesome lawyer. <laughs> give her a year. She's got it under control. She'll be a great coach. She'll knock it out. <laughs> Texas with NIL, the St. Joe's mascot, should make a lot of money. Yeah, he's the one who, you know, you can't stop flapping to get the scholarship. You get, they, he has to flap the entire game. Can't really? stop. Yeah, you never heard that? No. The St. Joe's Hawk mascot, he flaps his wings the entire game. Does not stop at all, ever. And it's like, they give you, you get a full scholarship to be the mascot. But the, like the one thing is you cannot break character. Like you have to do that win loss whatever's going on. The giant brawl on the court. So he's got to do, do the flapping entire game in a consistent motion. Like I'm doing right now. This is what we need. Good YouTube Lord, my he's arm, doing that. My arm wouldn't have been that tired since I was 14 and certainly learned how to lock the bathroom door at my house. Oh, okay. <laughs> Texas says Mike, I'm a cardiologist in Norton, fan of the show. He offers to help me out. I appreciate that. I've got. I finally have something on the. I book. feel like we have a better chance getting texters, doc, doc, doctors who have degrees in, on a text line, than getting you to an actual doctor or somebody who could actually help or close to. Yeah. Instead of being like, "Well, this sounds pretty weird. Maybe you'll get better. Maybe you're just going to stay like this." Thank I mean, I, I feel like you're just like one step away from going to the doctor and a thousand ways to die in the West. Like, just have a bird pecking at your head. Just, <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> it's been the long COVID experience. It's been it's been wonderful. Texas, as a resident of Colorado, Rocky does a lot of weed. 
<laughs> is that why he's is, is this a habit thing? Is this why he's getting paid six hundred twenty-five k? There was a, a random episode of Monk I was watching one time. It was an awful episode, but I won't bring it up because he he had to he had to be a basketball coach for his, his uh, side person, and he's in the locker room and the, the the mascot walks in and takes off the helmet and has one line just to say they're up they're up at halftime. But as she takes off the helmet, it's Jennifer Lawrence. Oh. And I think it's like one of her first appearances on television. She's two seconds in the show, but she's the mascot. A lot of people are asking questions about human centipede. And I, I never saw it. After I heard what it was about and heard people being like, I'm grossed out, I, I didn't notice either. That movie only picked up because of what it was, how extreme it was, right? It, that was like horror porn. Like, they're just yeah. as gross as you can possibly be. And just, yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, I'm not. That's, no. That doesn't do it for me. I'm not going to. I would never watch it either. Texas, I'm a chiropractor. Can I manipulate your heart? <laughs> no, don't do that. The guy just is a med school flunky. Texas, former <laughs> NBA employee here. Okay. Mascots, albeit overpaid, work way more than anyone else within the organization between games and appearances well over 300 days a year. I, be- I that believe makes sense. that. That actually, I, I shouldn't say they you only say work, they work half a year. I think they, you're right. They have to, they're always at like the events. They're yeah. always at like you know any sort of PR thing going on. Like they're traveling be on there. the road during the season. They've got to stay in probably decent shape. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I would think that's not— I stand by 625 is, being too yeah. much. But like, I take back my they're only working— Th- half three four seasons. If you ask me, realistically, the highest paid mascot should be, I would say like eighty five ninety thousand a year. I feel like that's reasonable. That's what I would have guessed. I mean, I guess though. Again, when you talk about like eighty thousand here in Louisville, would be probably one hundred sixty thousand in Denver in terms of the, the inflation of money and how much income and living. Well, is what there. is Rocky doing? What is, what is he? A lot of drugs. What's the next mascot getting? What's the what, what, cost of living in New York? Way more than Denver. I mean, how awkward this conversation has to be with the Rockies mascot? He's only making like hundred grand. Yeah, and by the way, Sean Ma, was a dinosaur. Ma, dude, you were in the wrong business in Denver, man. Sean, what? we don't, we didn't want to hear you talk. We wanted to just watch you dance. <laughs> put the hell, put the mascot on. Leave, leave the, leave the booth. Texter reminds me. <laughs> Texter says today's show reminds me of the Seinfeld Merv Griffin episode. Well, we've officially bombed. <laughs> we're going edgy. <laughs> You've been drugging her to play with your toys. Um, that's, that's a good episode. Now this has the to be couch a, was on last night when I was going to bed. I love falling asleep with Seinfeld. Yeah, because well, I was I, I, well, I had to finish watching it before I went to bed, but it was yeah, it's a good one. This has to be a Kersey tags. Oh, yeah, it does a Kersey tags. Kersey tags. There's some idiot caller named Casey who calls into Nick's ex boss's show and is demanding that everyone bring kazoo's to the Mississippi State game to counteract the cowbells. What a stupid idea. That is pretty One, dumb. that's a terrible idea. That is a horrible idea. Dude, I thought I thought Matt Jones was still Roush's boss. I'm assuming that's who's being referenced. No, there. because technically. Because on three bought it? Yeah, because they bought it, yeah. On P. Uh, yeah. Matt, I think. I don't even think has. Yeah, I don't think he does. Like his, I mean, he has probably connections with it in a way, but not like what he used to, yeah. Texas, ask anything. You wouldn't even hear it. Well, How yeah. about what drown out of kazoo so easily? Yeah, it's not even close. That sounds like a Ryan Lemon thing. <laughs> like. <laughs> Bring sharp pencils to a gunfight. <laughs> Just whistle. <laughs> Just scream really loud. Yeah, there you go. Texas, okay, ask anything Wednesday. Think of a non-Final Four UofL team that if you add one UK player from the same year, you think UofL goes to the Final Four. Uh, 14, Aaron Harrison. I, about, I legit was going to say the exact same thing. I mean, easily. I was like, yeah. Or 2014, if we add Willie Cauley-Stein, if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean. Or Alex Boythris, or anybody to, like, I love you, Mango, but anybody to get Mango out of the starting center position and put somebody better in there. 
I don't think we not only go to the Final Four, I think we just avoid UK in that tournament. We go to the Final Four and we probably win the whole thing. I mean, I would, I would say, I mean, because but it's not a UK thing, but Allen Houston obviously is the one that always comes to mind. You put him on that 93 team. They would have been very good. Damn good. They were still as good as it was. They should I have mean, been better. I don't know if they're getting past IU, but they're probably not. If they are, if they, I'll tell you right now, if they're losing to IU in 993, it's in the Final Four championship, not in the Sweet 16. Because that was a good IU team. They could have easily lost the IU team even with Allen Houston, but still. The other, I mean, the other team that I think of. I mean, you, when you say UK, though, I mean, I just think who UK had on said teams sometimes. Let's say, like, 2014-15. I mean, because UK, obviously, that was the undefeated team. Yeah. We were one game away from going to the Final Four as is. We had Trez. We had Limp. We had Terry Rozier. We probably could have used like one. Like if we had Devin Booker or Trey Lyles, <laughs> maybe Trey Lyles. Yeah, well, oddly enough, yeah. I'm not saying we would have beaten that U- that same UK team in the Final Four or Duke or Wisconsin. But we definitely would have gone to the Final Four. We would have beaten that Michigan State team. We should have beaten the Michigan State team. I mean, team 2012, anyway. I would say take I would take. We went to the Final Four in 2012. Yeah. Oh, did he say non-Final Four? Yeah, team? non-Final Four. Oh, okay. No, my bad. Yeah. I was going to say in 12, you, I would say Anthony Davis, but you ain't have to give him us. Just take him off UK and we win that game. God, he was so good. I mean, he's. I mean, the momentum he made by by stopping that, that the alley-oop to Gorgie. I mean. Texas, if we had Mark Pope, we would have been undefeated. <laughs> give me Jamel Martinez. Who would have been – what was the year we went to lead eight with the, – the, that was 98, right? Um, North Carolina lost. That was 97. 97? Yeah. 98, we were terrible. UK would have been – 97 was the year UK lost to Arizona in the, in the championship game. I mean – Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. Yeah. But we had Tick Rogers instead. Thanks. The one, like the one thing that no matter how much you love Denny, that's the one that you're always going to be kind of hang your hat on a little bit. Of like, I love gr- Denny. He was a great defensive player. I, Oh God! I Great to, defensive. He's annoying me so much. When I was a kid, my friends, he has the record for steals. You know, he did. He did. <laughs> like, he did. Like Russ broke it. Drive me insane. He's got the record for steals. You know, all you would say, anybody would ever say, when you you're trying to defend the, taking Tick Rogers over Derek Anderson. <laughs> Texas says, I'm listening to yesterday's podcast on 1.75 times speed like a madman because I'm so behind on podcasts. There aren't enough hours in the day for some of us, Trevor. We have to listen to our sports content somehow. Now you make me feel like you're not listening to me because you enjoy it. You're listening because it's a chore. Like you have to. No, you and that's to. the problem with doing one and a half speeds and two speeds. Texas says, Mike, do you not have a big red kill switch for Trevor's mic yet? No, he actually can kill my mic. Like that. Just did it. And I can't kill it. Nope, not a bit. <laughs> not, it's not fair. <laughs> See, it's the only perk I get. Texture says, football team lets you down? Is your coach not meeting expectations? <laughs> Look on the bright side, friends. At least you're not the victim of any of these grisly mitters. Murders. Thanks, guys. Mitters is murders. better. <laughs> mitters. I can't read anymore. <laughs> did it say mitters or did you just Murders. Say? I said okay. it. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. The text line's been great. Today. This has been, been a great text line. You know, we, we, so much so that like I just look at the clock. We we're gonna, yeah, we're skipping we're gonna it, talk yeah. through the last. The Plus, because we got we got we got five minutes early too. Because we got the oh, know, that's right. Yeah, I, so we, we're yeah, never here, up in here. We're never here on Wednesdays until like six o'clock ever anymore. I always forget it too. Yeah, Texas Tick could throw it down. He could. Who could throw it down? Tick. Oh, tick. I mean, I got nothing against Tick Rogers. Listen, Tick Rogers was, but it was just. The fact that you're comparing it to Derek Anderson. We lost. We lost that trade. It's fine to say that. 
Takes the edge on Wall with T. Will and E. Then he says, "Never mind. It was the year before." Yeah, I, my original thought because I couldn't remember either. John Wall in that 09 team would have been replaced Andre McGee and Edgar Sosa with John Wall. Yeah, we've been good. Oh, right, Terry, but, no, no, but John Wall was on the 09. The 97 team, if I was going to take some out of the UK, other than Derek Anderson, would have been uh, Ron Mercer by far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I would probably go with Mercer over Anderson, honestly. Ron well, Mercer was well, a you're beast. Counting, because, well, especially since what's the name was injured too. But yeah, I, I was just saying, like fully yeah. healthy, I still probably go Ron Mercer. Yeah. Because we had Dewan Wheat. Yeah, and Mercer. Would, been, Mercer would have yeah. been more of a complimentary role than I think. Derek Anderson would have been. Don't get me wrong. I would have taken either. Yeah. I mean, I would have taken Anthony Epps, too, if you asked me, too. But, I mean. I think the other, I mean, you mentioned the, the, the Allen Houston. I think we also have to bring up, I mean, Jamal Mashburn. Put him on the 93 team. That oh, helps a lot. Lord. That helps a significant amount. It would have, I mean, then I wouldn't have the memory of watching him give Cliff Rogier a crossover and dropping him to his knees. I still think to this day, <laughs> Maybe it's Anthony Davis, but Mashburn, maybe it's just because I was a kid, was the best UK player I watched growing up. Like, he was otherworldly. Oh, yeah. And terrifying. Like, he was one of those guys that you just thought he could score, like, 50 on you any anytime you watched. He resurrected in the entire—I mean, everybody wants, always talks about the you know, unforgettables. and uh, You take Mashburn off that team, it seems very—those unforgettables, very forgettable. They're probably, maybe if they're in the tournament, a seven seed, eight seed. I mean, Mashburn was that— day. Mashburn fouling out in overtime was what almost, you know, was as bad as anything else that happened that caused UK that loss. Yeah. Texas says, this is a good question. 2016 Lamar's team versus 2013 Teddy's team. Discuss. Which 16 versus 13? Yeah. I think. I, I would go 13 only because I know we brought this up the other day about defenses in the week. And I was thinking about this last night that Louisville hasn't had a like legit, like, great good defense since Charlie Strong was here. That's fair. And I mean, we've had good offenses that have made up for well, it. Well, now the, the 2014 defense statistically finished like number eight in the country. Like they were really the 13 good. and 14 defense, but 14 is Petrino's first year. Okay, that so, team. Remember, we had like Reggie Bonifon playing quarterback. We had very little offense, and we still wound up winning nine games. But he probably still had the the majority of Strong's guys, right? Still, yeah, yeah. It, but it was technically a. I mean, there's guys. I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be Petrino scrolling defense. through Madden, and I'm still seeing like you know Sheldon Rankins and yeah uh, Debose and you know guys that that played for Strong at Louisville. And, and, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I've made this clear or not, but like if you comes down to picking offensive defense, I'm a defensive guy. Uh-huh. I love, that. I love good defenses. That's why I love Charlie Strong days. I know the offense can be boring, but I'd prefer a defense. And we have not had one since really, even before Strong. Before Strong, we were more of the high offense. Oh, yeah. Athlete. That was our brand. Yeah. I mean, Howard and Strong were the only two we've had that done defense first. And so who are you taking here? I miss it. Um, I'm going defense. I'm going 13. I think. That 2016 team at their best was so like, – like the first month and a half. I mean, we talked about it a couple of days ago because it was the six-year anniversary of us going down there to Clemson, playing a team that would go on to win the national title. And really, they should have won on Clemson's home field. That proved they could play with just about anybody. But at the end of the year, I mean, they got blasted by a Houston team that was talented but only got up for big games and then lost a game against a well, average U.K. team. In fairness, they got blasted at Oliver. Yeah, but I mean, I mean he single-handedly beat our offense. It was thirty-five ten. Yeah, I mean they, they you know they had they, they had some guys like we we should have been more competitive in that game than we were. It was bad. It was awful. Yeah, the twenty thirteen team. I, I stand by this is the most talented overall team that we've ever had here. I it's hard to gauge them versus because they never had that playing Clemson moment. They never had that playing a big time game. No, I'm the only good team they played was UCF, and at that time they weren't even ranked when we played them. Yeah. And they beat a whatever Miami team like a pulp. To a pulp in their bowl game, I go with 2013 
but I don't feel that confident about it. I still 2013 is my pick. I'd go 13. Uh, we did a tournament and we had to do it for summer. I'm thinking it's the best football team is maybe we can still do it during the regular season. I would have loved to have seen that 2013 defense versus Lamar though. Like that would have been a fascinating match. Better that match would that be a better matchup or maybe versus the uh, Liberty Bowl team, the Petrino 1.0 Liberty Bowl team. <sighs> that team overall, maybe that been... team was really good. That team was offensively and defensively good too. Now they gave up, I know, 34 points in the bowl game to Boise State though. Boise State, but that was a no Boise, shame. That was literally the same Boise State team that would go on and beat two years later the Fiesta Bowl. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I've I've made that point before. I think we did not get enough credit for beating an undefeated Boise State team in that bowl game because no. they hadn't quote unquote arrived yet until a couple of years later. If we win that game in 08 and we're 11 and one and they're 12 and 0, it's treated very differently than it was in 04. Just because Boise State was viewed differently. In 08, we, yeah. were, we were both there in the. Uh, I mean that they had Kerry Kerry Roses on the defense. I mean they had some good defensive players, but that might I still I mean thirteen and eleven. No, that wasn't oh four. Those are two maybe the most com- more complete Louisville teams we've ever had. Because in other times there's always like, well, we were good this. Oh four was so good. Yeah. Texas says compare you can't compare twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen. Lamar's team at the beginning of the year was a completely different team than it was at the end of the year. The yeah. problem, the big problem with that team, and I, so I went to the the Boston College game where we ran all over them. And at that point, there had been, I still don't know exactly what happened, but there had been a huge rift between Bobby Petrino and Todd Grantham. And there was this, like, like I mean, people on the staff were openly telling me, like, oh, yeah, he's not going to be here next year. Like, like Todd's going to be gone, and this guy's going to be gone, and that guy's going to be gone. And so, like, like they kind of stopped trying. Oh, and if you couldn't tell defensively, really? we yeah. kind of stopped trying that last month of the season. We looked like a different team, and I think that was a big part of it. If Bobby could have just been slightly more likable and had anybody who wanted to coach for him, that 2016 team, I think, absolutely could have at least gone 10 and 2 and played in the Orange Bowl, or gone 11 and 1, and had an argument to be in the playoff. And instead, Number they lost so, their last three games. Even more so, how could we have improved the going forward after that? For sure, because we I mean, you the lose, bottom, you lose next Gr- year we should have been good. We had Jair Alexander and Lamar Jackson on the same yeah, team in 2017. You lose Grant and, and you replace them with a the putts, Peter Sermon, and two putts, two putts, Brian He's, Van Gorder. Yeah, so I mean, that's, I mean, that, who knows? I mean, and not to mention, yeah, I mean, that's. Texas says this might be an unpopular take, but the coach from Purdue, uh, I would like Louisville to hire the most is Matt Painter. With all the ACC coaches <laughs> retired on the verge of retiring, he can make Louisville a powerhouse. Painter's not leaving Purdue, right? He's never leaving Purdue. I don't think so. He's going to be one of those. Which so, on one hand, is just, I mean, I like that though because we don't the, the, those we're not. I mean, he might be the last of what literally is a dying breed. Yeah, like we're not going to get that anymore, and from anywhere else in college right now. I mean, was John Shire stays there for like forty years? Shire, maybe Hubert Davis. If he, if he, yeah, maybe. But I mean, even then, I mean, I can't imagine Hubert being there that long because Painter's been there for. Maybe it's the Indiana thing because the only other one I can think of right up with him is, is Mike Bray, who's been at Notre Dame for now what twenty years? Been there for a long 20, time. 20, 20 years yeah. almost. Texas says, uh, put Rondo on the 0-16. They may not make the Final Four that year, but Louisville makes the Final Four uh, self-imposed year. Thanks, Telfair. <laughs> Texas says, not me. Does Rondo, I mean, you had, does adding Rondo to the 0-5 team make you think you have a better chance, a much better chance of winning the title, though? Yes. I mean, but do you, are you confident, like, we're, we could we were going to win it if we had Rondo on that team? No. Because I, mean, I think they had a better chance. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to say better chance, but I still don't. I mean, I could, especially if we'd beaten that Illinois team. We could have easily team. still lost Illinois, though, with Rondo on that team. If we'd beaten that Illinois team and played them much more, like like Illinois was up and down, too, but Carolina was more athletic. They were more up and down. Rondo would have helped that in that game, yeah. I think, even more than the Illinois game. We didn't have a true point guard. I mean, Taekwon walked the ball up the floor, but like he kind of, we played that year the way we're going to have to play this year, which is 
multiple like Francis Garcia would sometimes take the ball up and initiate the offense. Larry O'Bannon would sometimes do it. We we're gonna have to play that way this season. I would think defensively you could put Rondo, but then again, Illinois had had three good guards in Head and uh, Williams and and Brown. They're so, great. Yeah. I mean, you could only put Rondo on one of them. I guess you'd put him on Darren Williams, but I mean, Brent T. Brown and Luther Head were both pretty damn good too. We have so many texts we're not gonna get to. The text like line stepped up. Too, I know. No. We we have less than that. We gotta get here early. Texas Mike, let's talk about what coach put that slow white guy on the punt where Flowers muffed it and still recovered it because the U of L player was so dang slow. <laughs> well, did we you don't have a special teams yeah, coach. I was say, we don't have a special teams coach, which just baffles me, by the way. I made fun of UK for that for years, and I didn't know we were on the same board. Mm. How do you not have a special team coach? We don't. I mean, <laughs> stupid. Texas, am I crazy or did Scoot Henderson is Scoot Henderson Darius Perry's twin brother? Now that you say that, I was trying to think of who he reminded me of. Does he look like him? Looks wise. Yeah, he didn't, this is not a playing comparison. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. That's I love you, Darius. I thought we didn't hang on to Darius. <laughs> he does look a lot. That, that's a great call. He does. He looks a lot like Darius. I'm Perry. assuming in the face because I'm, I'm assuming Scoot Henderson's a lot taller than Darius. Ever he's is. not tall. Like he's. Oh, he isn't. Darius is only six two. I think. I think Scoot Henderson's about six two. Oh, I I don't know why when you kept talking about him, I'm picturing like six eight. No, he is. He's six two exactly. Oh wow. They okay. have the same size. They have similar hair, like similar look, like. I was watching him play last night, and he was reminding me of somebody. The look. Again, the looks, not the game. And that's exactly who it is. That's exactly who it is. Great call, Texture. Uh, Texture says, I'd absolutely wish that we had, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Rex Chapman, 86-87. That's, that would have helped. Jody Meeks to the 08-09 team, Texture yeah. says. Jody Meeks kind of popped in my head initially, too, as well. He would have been a good addition to that team. We would have had yeah. maybe less offensive drought against Michigan State, gone to a Final Four. Um Texas says people keep saying Insidious is a, is a horror movie that we need to watch. Who Chapman was on, that was the year we lost to eighty eight Oklahoma in the Sweet Sixteen, I believe. We well, said 87, 86, 87. Oh, 87 we did make the tournament. Well, he would we would probably made the tournament with Rex. Yeah, maybe. Texas Trick or Treat is an amazing Halloween movie. Texas says the choke and mm, <laughs> choke, mm, choke. Mm, <laughs> poke. Not doing it. <laughs> Uh, we can't get to any of these. You, you got AEW tonight. How excited are you? What's going on? I know the AEW. I don't even got know who's on the in. card. To be honest with you, Orange Cassidy. What's he doing? I don't know. I don't know what's on the card. This is a mystery to me. I'm going in blind. I'm going in without seeing the helicopter scene tonight. All right. Well, I don't even know what to expect. Enjoy AEW. MLB regular season ends tonight. We'll get some playoff baseball coming Blue out. Blue Jays, soon. baby. We're going Blue Jay talk all the rest of the week. It's all about oh Canada. They're playing the baby Reds. They're playing the Mariners. I'm torn. I don't like it. By the way, this this last song was the one that, that I didn't we didn't get to play because we didn't take a break, but it was going to be the one that almost like kind of shocked me. Is this this was his debut in 1981? Okay, well we'll hear it coming up after the after we talk here. Everyone enjoy your Wednesday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow at three o'clock. Oh, Bill Collins debuted in 1981.